The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. It's time to jump into some sports, but also we're going to do a little bit of small screen and silver screen. So we're definitely going to jump into sports. We're going to break down NFL draft. You know we love to draft around here. Eric at home from Yahoo Sports, NFL expert. Used to be from Pro Football Weekly. He's going to join us. You've heard him on in the past with us. Great guy. And a little bit later to help us with the NBA playoffs and also probably some some draft stuff. And if a coach is going to get fired or if a player is going to get traded, we're going to have Sean Devaney from the Sporting News. He's going to join us to help break down everything uh, NBA. Uh, but when I mentioned silver screen and small screen, we're definitely going to have to talk about Avengers Endgame. Last week's question that Ryan had was, I don't know if it was which it was which battle scene we were most excited to see. Was that the question? Yeah, yeah which battle? Which one we thought would be more epic? Okay. Oh. So we're going to definitely get into that, but we're going to break down our thoughts on Endgame and also episode three of Game of Thrones with the largest, the longest battle scene ever for anything on the small screen or the big screen. My name is Kenneth Davis, and the next voice you hear is the chocolate man himself. His name is? D is the Pro. What's going on, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. You download the podcast, subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. And we out a lot of places too. So you can't miss us. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. We're on Spotify at War on Anchor. And uh, also YouTube. So hey man, you can follow us. You can you can definitely listen to the show. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Demons1, D-E-M-O-N-Z-E-1. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis, executive producer of the D and Davis show and D and Davis the flip on Mr. Ryan Bukabeski. Make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan B Ski. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis show and email as well. D and Davis show at gmail.com. Look real quick before we jump into um, the movies and also with uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, any thoughts on what happened as far as the complaints about the Houston Rockets on the, the fouling or the nine calls on James Harden and his battle with the refs? Stephen A. Smith, in your mind, how did the officiating affect game one? Well, you can make the argument that it affected game one. I saw at least three or four occasions where James Harden was clearly fouled on three-point shots and it wasn't called. He was undercut. And it, he wasn't provided a place to land. And obviously, it helped miss, It helped him misfire on a few shots. You can make that argument. But in the end, it comes down again to the greatness of Kevin Durant overcoming a lot of things and James Harden overall struggling. In the end, he's had a history of struggling from three-point range in key pivotal postseason games. So that's something that he's going to have to uh, just amend or make up for what have you because when you've got Eric Gordon playing the kind of basketball that he was playing and Chris Paul leading as a floor general the way that he led, if you're James Harden, you've been able to figure it out at any other particular moment in time. You're going to have to figure it out now if you're going to knock off the two-time reigning defending champions. Well, the NBA did come out and say that they missed, what, two calls? But that's only two the two-minute. So usually for everyone, all of us to know, yeah. the NBA gives a two-minute report on uh-huh. what the refs missed or what took place in the last two minutes of the game. So I, I think some people would say, yeah, and like you just said, they did say that calls were missed. I think mm-hmm. they also said one was missed on, on Golden State side, too. Okay, okay. But the thing is that people are hearkening a lot to initially was the beginning of the game with, uh, you could say, with all the Warriors, but in particularly Clay Thompson closing out and not giving James Harden landing space. The old uh, Bruce Bowen attempt. Exactly. Jaja Pachulia versus um, Kawhi Leonard. That seri- knocked, yeah, did not Kawhi, Kawhi out. Yeah, for yeah. a while. Yeah, for a year. Last time Kawhi really played significant minutes for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I don't like the let me shoot and kick my leg out 
kind of thing. But he really wasn't doing that a lot of that. He he started one, to it, towards after he wasn't getting a call, uh-huh. he started doing Reggie Miller kick. Right. But it was at, but what But do you he's expect? trying to draw he's trying to draw the call and that's what James Harden does. You know he does so do he's, that. He's a magician at getting offensive uh, I mean uh, fouls called. But what are you him. supposed to do when they're not calling a foul that's actually a foul though and You just got to go through it. It's the playoffs. Listen, I I grew up watching the 80s and the 90s and the clothesline was like, "Okay, get back up." Well, we know that's not so the, it's that's not it's not the NBA right now, and I and I understand that I understand that, but no, nah, I, mean, I I just think, listen, once once you know something is not going to go your way, you just got to play through it. Just okay, all right, I'm not going to get that call. I'm 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 a batter in the batter's box. I thought you know, or a pitcher, I'm painting the outside, but they're not giving to me. And I can complain a bitch about it, but you know. His what? game is predicated on getting those calls. I know, and that's why a lot of people don't like the way he plays. Yeah, you know, I can look. I have, I can understand that. Yeah, debate. I'm just saying, play through it. Hey, listen, you know, it's, you're not going to get that from this group of refs. I'm not going to get that call. Okay, let me go somewhere. You just got to play through it. I understand that you're upset. I understand that you want those calls. And granted, I think you can complain about it in the post game because that's going to let the it's going to pull the old Phil Jackson Pat Riley uh, maneuver. Hey, let me go ahead and complain about it now so the, the next set of refs they, the they, they can call it's complain game call the next game. Exactly. Play that game then. But I don't like a lot of the the chirping and the and complaining and stuff like that. Figure it out on the court, complain about it in the post game, hope you get it the next. Uh, to me, maybe because I haven't seen what they talked about, how they kept analytics of the previous series with the missed calls. <laughs> you talking about Houston? Yeah. And the league was like, uh, not surprised your by metric that at is all. false, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously, in refereeing in the NBA, it's a lot of judgment calls. It's not black and white like baseball, oh, where you have a bag and a base, and I need to see this and I need to see that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, any call can go either way, but I'm with you more so, D, than. The other way, because I think if it's a one-game thing, you got to adjust to the way the refs are calling the game. That's what they're always talked about in every sport. Mm-hmm. you got to adjust to the way the refs are calling the game. And as long as they're calling it both ways, then everyone should be happy with how it's officiated. That's the human part but of sports. But if they're not calling it both ways. And if they're not, then that's a huge problem. But again, I would go D's route, complain, get the gamesmanship mm-hmm. after the game, try to get that influence next game because obviously it's going to be made a big deal in social media and oh, on yeah. ESPN. It's, they're going to call the that call a lot more. They're going to call that foul a lot more. Listen, now. the fans will take care of it. I think via social media, the reporters will take care of it via the media. If that series prolongs, I mean, it goes, and you can clearly see that they were not getting those calls. They would listen. You will find out. The NHL playoffs, uh, I think it was, uh, it wasn't Washington. Some, uh, maybe it was Las Vegas. They basically got knocked out of the playoffs because of a bogus call. Now, they also gave up like a bunch of goals and it went to overtime and they won. I can't remember who Las Vegas was playing. San Jose. San Jose. Yes, San Jose. And San Jose was able to win. But listen, you had to, you know, I mean, what I was going to try to say is those refs are like out of the playoffs. So you can, you play through it. But if it's consistently bad refing, and the NBA already came out and said, like, hey, we missed a call and go to state side, but we miss also missed quite a few, not quite a few, but a, a few on Houston side, the league could take care of it too because they damn sure don't want no conspiracies about gambling, nothing like that. But Houston is doing what you're supposed to do in this situation. Yeah, you complain about it afterwards, though. You do. You do. But, I mean, this is the thing, too. We're saying a call, it's not just a call, it's a safety issue. 
So that's Very not true. that's not one of those things. And again, like yeah, elbow perhaps, even though it depends on when the elbow hits you. But it's a safety issue if you're not allowing him to land. And again, he did start kicking his feet out. Yes, he did through there. But also, but that's what you guys are also saying playing through. That's him playing through. If listen, if that's him trying to draw the foul. Yeah, because if I'm exaggerating it, because you're not giving me what I what I deserve in my for safety purposes. But exaggeration typically turns a person off. Well, that turns a ref off. It, it, again, now, now I can just play straight, and if I see it, I'll call it. But no. these refs, they didn't call it. Yeah, so you but can't, kicking your feet out trying to draw attention, it's kind of like, but okay, But that's also his game, though. I his mean, game is the three-point free throw, too. It is. It is. So, I mean, uh, just think about it. They lost by, what, four points? Yes. Yeah, so think about it, if he got two of those. The, what, cur- the Curry three. Like what could have changed it. the outcome of it? A- again, I, do does James Harden complain that Tad bit does Dallas protest too much? Sure. But he does have a good reason when, one, we're talking about when we bring up the Kawhi thing, it ruined uh, the Spurs basically. I mean, what 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 happens if James Harden is out for the for the remainder of this playoffs because oh, Clay Thompson steps under him and he twists he severely twists his ankle. He's done. So of course you're going to sit there and be like, hey, pay attention to this. And then it's like you're not get you're not giving me this because this is when you're saying this. Play through it. Am I going to get? So am I supposed to get my ankles messed up? But even if you play through it and they do call the foul, he lands on your foot, you get hurt. You get hurt anyway. It hurt anyway. But the point, though, is I'm trying to bring more attention to it, though, if you're not paying attention to it. I get it. that. I get that. But even if I even if I drew, even if I got your attention to it, even if it's me just playing, just going up and coming down, or even if I'm kicking my feet out, whatever way, if that player foot get, gets up under you and it's nothing like malicious, like, ha, I got you. If it's like a natural jump and he comes down on your ankle and you're hurt, doesn't matter either way. You're hurt. No, but no, it's Yow. not. But it's not natural what Clay Thompson was doing. You think Clay was doing something dirty? Yeah, they were definitely closing him out on purpose. It's not even a question. No, no, no. Was they closing him out? Were they kind of sticking his foot up under? They were. Under give, him they weren't dirty. No, wise. no, they're not giving him his space to land. You have to give a player a certain amount of space to come down. And they were close. They were. They were. Listen. They were trying to unnerve him, and also they wouldn't have mind if he got hurt. You are not supposed to be consistently that close to someone. One time is fine. When you see Draymond do it, Clay do it. So you're saying no. they're playing dirty? They're going. To, they're pushing the line. They're pushing the line. Okay. They're like definitely. They're definitely pushing the line. I think one thing that I'm used to as an NBA fan as well as officiating is extremely inconsistent. Like this uh, Portland-Denver game when C.J. McCollum got that flagrant one for hitting Joker in the face because he was going for the ball. Like to me, that shouldn't have been a flagrant, but that's the new NBA. Uh-huh. I have no problem with them calling those calls against the Warriors if they had done it. Just be consistent doing it. And mm-hmm. to me, I'm more of D's thinking, I guess, more of old school. Let's let them play a little bit more because I don't want to see more of the officiating come into play. But you have a good point, Ken, because safety should be the number one thing because nobody wants to see stars sitting on the bench right. during the playoffs. And a, and a call and, a, and the refs making those calls, to your point, Ken, it would it would then change the mindset of the Warriors. Yeah. Hey, I can't close out that much. And if they're not calling it, what are you going to do? It's gamesmanship. You're going to keep trying to close them out, disturb him, disturb his shot any kind of way. So, you know, but you know what? I think James Harden has proved his point. We opened the show talking about him. And now the refs are probably going to look at it, and they're going to keep a keep a, a keen eye on it. And one of the biggest flaws of the Warriors' this playoff run, kind of like the season, has been their defense. They're not the same defensive teams last year. So if they Draymond Green is the same guy. Yeah, yeah. So if they're able to do this as long as they can, they're going to do this as long as they can. And they, they if they pull up on it, oh, all right, cool. We can't do that. We got to adjust. It's all about adjustment. It's all about adjustment. Pop got an extension sticking with the NBA. 
Seemed like he was going to retire. Not, not surprised. I wonder, though, if his, and I hate to say this, if his wife hadn't passed, would mm. he have signed this extension or tried to, I hate to say, spend more time with her, but it. I, th- I think it's a very, very valid point. Yeah, but now that you don't have her there and you're trying to fill up that time with something, because the last thing yeah. you want to do is retire and have go to home to an empty house. 70 years old? Yeah, and I mean, think about it, those players and stuff, that organization is his family. So I, mean, I, I love it, even though the thing that I'm reading it today, we're reading it just uh, a little while ago. It seems like it's year to year, even though it's a three-year extension. The owners of the Spurs are cool with him basically deciding every year if he's going to stay or come back or not. Yeah, I mean, we have significant others, and let's just say if one of we was in immersed doing something and, God forbid, one of them passed, the one thing you want to do is kind of keep busy. Some you don't want to go home. Yeah, you don't want to go home. To an empty to an empty house in that scenario, hard. you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can definitely find someone else. Maybe years down the line, maybe he'll be able to find him another love of his life. Um, Get him a craft. Ooh, I should have said that. Ooh. Damn. Sorry, because I mean, one thing he's not in Florida, about, right? Damn. The joke about Robert Kraft, but his wife passed. That's not funny. Right, right, right. But but um, but no, I, th- I I'm I'm not shocked that he did. Yeah. And he's a basketball lifer. It's a normalcy. It's something that he likes to do. In a kind of morbid way, yeah, I mean, not morbid way, I shouldn't say that, but more in a kind of way, like, if she was there, they could just he could just retire and be with his wife and live out the rest of his, his life, but she's not there, unfortunately, and I understand it. I definitely understand. I think I, I think I would probably do something like this. Yeah, I would mean, to have some type of normalcy in your life when you're going through despair, definitely, and just to fill you up. And also, I mean, it's something that you love. It's, it's not like it's right. something he doesn't love. He has all the power in the situation. He runs the organization. It's, right. it's his, except someone else signs the checks, basically. It's so, not like he going into the coal mines. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to the coal mines to, you know, uh, or just working a hard nine to five to make sure the family is taken care of. Well, unfortunately, the, the family is less than what it used to be. I don't have to do that. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying? And also, I think he doesn't want to leave that organization in, in not want to say in a lurch because they, they're better than what we thought they were going to be this year. And that's with Murray being out and uh, Walker being out majority of the year. Mm-hmm. But I think he looks at how he they, well they performed this year and thinks, you know, I can get us back to close to championship level before I walk away from this. I don't think he wants to leave them at the bottom half of the West do you think that that maybe is part of the reason of the extension too? That maybe he had to be really coachy this season versus mm. previous years because he had those guys kind of in place. Mm-hmm. Maybe relit a fire Could of have. hey, Definitely. let me yeah. let me coach this team That's up. A good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when the big three is finally gone, and you can develop relationships with these younger guys. I mean, for anything you you read, it seems like. I know Walker, a lot of people like Walker, and he had a good relationship at the beginning of the season. He had a really good relationship with the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. Uh, getting DeMar DeRozan to perform the way. I mean, look at the fact. Remember, Marcus Aldridge was ready to walk away from here a season sure ago. Yeah. And to sit there, and we know how mercurial Marcus Aldridge could be. Just look at that, him not fouling the, the, the Denver play at Jokic when common sense. I hate to get on you regardless if you can hear pop or not. Dude, foul him. Like, what are you doing? That's just basketball. Your IQ was very low. It's at that just point. Lamarcus Aldridge being Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Shout out to Tyrus Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it's just still. John Paxson got fired for that, right? He should have. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, too, I wonder if he just possibly could be grooming Becky Hammond because she actually coached the Summer League. And I think she coached him to a Summer League championship, maybe. Yeah. Um. So maybe, you know what I'm saying? He's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I did have to, like, to, to your point, Ryan. 
let me coach these guys up to make sure they're okay when I leave. <laughs> you might know? be coaching up her as well. Maybe coach, that's part yeah, of it you, too, leaving yeah, a legacy. Yes, yes, and, and to pass it down. And I think she's highly uh, regarded as one of the up-and-coming assistant coaches in the NBA. And if you can just move down a couple of seats and you're there, it's, it's, about, it's a possibility. That's all I'm trying to say. Or even getting her uh, ready for uh, another job somewhere. You know, it's, uh, it's a possibility. So, yeah, Pop coaches everybody. The, the coaches and the players. Yeah, so that definitely could be the a water team. boy. Everybody, you could be the best water boy. Everybody. Well, you know he's coaching America with all his tidbits from the media. There you go. You sound like you hating when you say no, that. No, no, I'm big pop Stick fan. to your sports. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and dribble. I don't like my coaches not coaching. <laughs> Talking philosophical about what's going on in the country. Uh, real quick, let's uh, go around the NBA playoffs. Uh, tell me your thoughts. Uh, Milwaukee versus Boston. Uh, last night, shout yeah. out to uh, Brianna, Bree. We were at a swank event at High Noon. Uh, make sure anybody goes out there on Monday nights. Yes, it's a nice PR mix with a lot of people in the yeah. industry. Follow them on Twitter at Swank PR. Thank you. Uh, one of the young ladies we met was it Juice Crew? What was the name of that? Uh, the Juice Crew. Yeah, yeah the Juice Crew. Yeah, stealing it from the eighties rap groups. And they was Super probably groups. born in two thousand. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> um, they was born in like twenty two thousand and eight. <laughs> like how young these young ladies oh, were. Uh, Juice, the Juice Chicago. Okay, Juice yeah, Chicago. Juice Chicago. There you go. Uh, but one, it's funny. One of the, all, it seemed like damn all of them went to SIU. Shout out to SIU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, one of the young ladies who was a track runner uh, said, "Did you go to SIU? Mm-hmm. Which wait, you went Carbondale? To, <laughs> you almost not Edwardsville. <laughs> I was worried for a second. <laughs> I was like, you got an Edwardsville look to you. <laughs> like, oh, did you go to no, did no. you go to fake SIU? Right? You got to go to the real C. Okay, okay. I didn't know. Have you ever told me that before? I think so. Okay, it was. Like I would think so. Okay, uh, but uh, they went to SIU, even though I went there when it was in black and white. <laughs> uh, but listen, real quick, one of the young ladies jumped up and was saying that basically the Boston-Milwaukee series is over. I agree with her. I think you said wait and see, basically. Yeah, I think you got to wait and see. So. I think it's a wrap. Dang, after one? It's not, wait it's not even just necessarily after one. Uh, we had on, uh, what, Michael Lee last week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Michael Lee pointed out that he had Boston Hero with his team. Michael Lee is right. Um, I I thought I'm waiting for Kyrie to get back to being Kyrie. But I think right now, and Kyrie said this, he's waiting for the playoffs. When they're playing for something, they're not, they're not letting the noise sink in like they were for the majority of this season. And the thing is, let's be honest, you guys, if you slow down Giannis, Milwaukee is done. Yeah, they and definitely they did that. Send way, I mean, even to be honest with you, if you can let on, if you can let Giannis get off, but you can close out on the three-point shooters, you still can clamp down on that team, basically. You know, like if you stay home, all right, just let Al Horford do his thing with Giannis. Everybody else stay home. There's still a good chance that you can beat him when you have the firepower that, that, that uh, the Celtics have. And look, even that's with missing Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, he's a better defender and offensive player, but his offense has improved over this last year. So, I mean, just for me, it's hard. It's getting harder for me to see. I definitely said last week I don't see the Sixers in as being my true one of my true teams to make it up to the finals out of the East. I had um, Milwaukee, Boston, and Toronto. And right now, I'm looking at it as like Toronto may be the only team that can stop the Celtics from from, from maybe uh, doing this. Because I think mm-hmm. I think the Celtics are going to, if they face the 76ers, they're going to get in the 76ers, you mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest points I was uh, I had brought up. How do you guard Simmons and how do you slow down Simmons? Obviously, you got Jimmy Butler and Embiid there. But if you can just slow down one part of the three-headed monster, you have a really good shot. And Boston is a team that's deep. 
They're, they have experience. Uh, they can do a lot. They can do a lot, and they can definitely they can definitely do it. up the yin yang. Yeah, and they, was they have the, a ton of athleticism and length. They do. Too. Yeah. They they are deep. Everybody deep. can damn near score on the team. Like at every, we bring you. Hey, yeah, Marquise, Marcus, whatever Morris yeah. twin they got there. Right. But just think, everybody they bring in basically can score the ball. Al Horford is now a role player, but you got this crazy, athletic, old swing man who we remember at Florida do, do everything, could bring the ball up the court. like, And you have him on Giannis. And Giannis, think about it, that last series, really, Giannis really didn't get off in the last series, to be honest with you. Well, he got Blake off. did he, a pretty good job against him. Yeah, I mean, they won. He got off because he had he was going up against a hurt Blake in a Detroit Pistons no, scene that wasn't there. I meant as far as – He's not scoring like he was three weeks, three four weeks ago. He did not get off on Detroit like he, he did during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like and that's and you just said that's with the hurt Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. So uh, one he doesn't he doesn't like to rest. Remember that sore ankle, and you got to think how many minutes that he's played this season. High efficient, well, high minutes being that he's the key player to that team, and also trying to prove his MVP worth. Um, it's just to me. I don't know. I mean, bulldozers. It's one game. It's just, it's, it was just one. It's game. not. It's not. It's not the game. It's what Boston. Boston is Boston. It seems like. But remember, if they, if listen, they had shots. Milwaukee had shots. A lot of their shots, they just didn't hit. Let's see if they, because they, they're predicated on what. Giannis be able to shooting. do three point shooting. And Giannis be able to kill you in the middle. Also be able to kick it out to you. Like he was hitting outside shots. But that's not his game. It's good. But think about had, why he, he was hitting outside shots. Exactly. Because they forced him out. He wasn't doing anything but in the inside. And that, stop, and that, that stifles defense. what the offense is predicated on. So if you but if if they're able to hit their shots, now the series has changed. And they could that could have been an off night. I'm gonna say, wait, I feel you. I feel you with Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, the depth, the length, everything is there. The experience is there. I feel you on it. But it's just one game. I want to see games. Sean Devaney, who's gonna join us later on the show, has Boston winning in seven. Okay. I don't think it's going to go seven. He might be right. I think it may go six. Okay. I want to see if they make any kind of adjustment, maybe putting Giannis in the post a little bit, because that's what we're talking about. Giannis has to score in the paint. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Milwaukee doesn't move on no. past this series. And I didn't understand why they continued to just have him come from the three-point line down to the paint. Why not try to post him up a little bit go and right get down those spread, spread out shooters and force Boston to do that wall? He ain't Shaq. Yeah, he can do so much. Yeah, because think about really, you just said the, how he plays. He plays downhill. Yeah. Like that's you can't really, stop that. Can you yeah. put him on the elbow though and let him have some more? I just don't like him bringing the ball up and attacking a wall. Mm. I understand what you're saying. But that go, does, does, does Booz Holzer change that? I don't know because that's the way they've been playing all season. And the one thing you're going to do is when you get to the playoffs and you're going up against an experienced team, it's like, you know what? We're going to change who we are and how we got here. You don't want to do that because if you, if you do that, they know, oh, we got them. Now we got them. See the little general. Yeah. Uh, Golden Don State. Nelson. We, we will win whatever tryhard team versus the Mavericks and sat there and um, what's the little general's real name? Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson had a team and went small to play against Don Nelson, and Don Nelson whipped the face off of yeah. him. You don't so, want to change who you, what got you. Well, you it depends on if you pop or not. <laughs> right? Like, you know, some guys actually can hit you with something you hadn't seen and be like, man, they ain't use that all year Is long. Is Hoser pop? No. No. So, I don't I mean, think he's so. A, no, he's not. He's not. So it's it's hard, man. You you don't want to change what, what got you there. Let's just see if they if they hit their shots. Now listen, 
Boston can do the exact same thing. The Celtics can do the exact same thing, and they don't hit these shots. This could be the t- this could be the time where you would not expect or didn't, you don't want this to happen. Milwaukee can straight go cold. It can happen. They're a three point shooting team predicated on the big man who can do everything. And also think about the fact that th- this type of team hurts um, Brooke Lopez. Like when you, you got this this small big who can close out on you with all that three point shooting, mm-hmm. and he's aggressive and fast enough to to hurt you if you're trying to dribble and move, make any type of moves with the ball. Like this this is a bad matchup for Milwaukee. Also, too, you have you have fours, fours or threes, because you don't see Lopez in the box and, and down below. No, that's Giannis. That's Giannis's lane. Exactly. So now you have a seven footer that's out. And now I could just run at him with a with a three. But think just about that. To add that to your point, when you have that seven footer out there, usually you would have another seven footer on him. So when you got a mm-hmm. mid match like in pick and roll, you would have that seven footer having to decide to stick with his man or guard that guard or you know swing man or whatever. Right. Now if you if a switch happens, you got Al Horford switching off. It's not the same yeah. as having some stiff switching off on that that, yeah. that, that offensive player. So I mean, like to, I just even going with the fact that Boston seems like they've gotten their act straight. I'm going with the fact that this is a bad matchup. It could be. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they would have been, the Bucks would have been much better versus the 76ers. I won't oh, say yeah. Toronto, but definitely 76ers. Speaking of 76ers, Toronto, that's tied up 1-1. Um, the, the Philly has, has basically saved face when it comes to home, even though Toronto mm-hmm. took one from their home court, so they still have home court advantage now. They have home court No, actually, no, that's the first. 76ers, 76ers yeah. have home right. court advantage. Thank you, D. Right. Um, oh, man, listen, I... I was me watching the second game makes me wonder if it's it was a game where Toronto, especially since they played like that at home, they came out like they were on the road. That's kind of what I thought that, that when we last that. night. Mm-hmm. They played like they, a slow start, like a, a a road team, a team that's on the road in the playoffs. I wonder if it's just one of those situations we grew up watching the Bulls where you just kind of let a, ga- a game get away once you took that first one. Yeah. Or if it's a situation where you look at Jimmy. Jimmy was hot last night. 30 points. Uh, had uh, 10, 11 rebounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. 11. Um, if, if if and I'm not a Brent Brown fan, but if they've kind of figured it out and they have so many weapons, the thing that baffles you, and I put it on the coaching staff, but also put it on management because they threw a lot at this coach at one time. They to have so many offensive players, even though there's a lot of duplicity, they don't have a system built to make it flow and be efficient enough when you have all that offensive talent that the 76ers have on that team. I would say in. Spirit of defending, if you want to say the Raptors last night, even if they did come out slow, they they lost that game in the final seconds. Okay, uh, you had Lowry, unfortunately, and I was in the bar. I was like, "What is Cal Lowry doing?" Cal Lowry's going Cal Lowry. <laughs> like, what are you, are you trying to play some uh, rucker basketball, going between people's legs in a few seconds? Like, what are you doing? But even if, even at the even if that's the case, they lost by they lost in a few seconds, the last seconds. They was able to uh, kind of right the ship and get back into the game. And you can you can tell yourself that you know what we let that one go. We was it was it was in the last few seconds, last thirty seconds. We let it go. We let him be get a tip in to kind of get them more a little bit more of a cushion. Jimmy Butler hit a big three to kind of give, give him a little bit more of a cushion. But we were right there. You tell yourself that going down to Philadelphia and Toronto usually kicks Philadelphia's butt. You know, this is like the first time they got, what was the stat? That's the first time they beat them in like since 2012 and, or 13 and or something? Ka- and Kawhi's 14 was was 15 and 0 against them. Right. So you you can tell yourself night. that. Yeah, you can tell yourself that like, okay, you know what? We let that one go. Let's go down here. Let's do what we do. And let's go ahead and get one. It's a series though. It wouldn't shock me if this series went. I'm with you. Six or seven. I'm with you. It wouldn't shock me at all. 
Because Philadelphia is a very talented team. All right. Very talented team. You know, we're going to come back later and, and do our sides on the West Coast, and definitely Sean Devaney is going to help us. But we got to switch and get into a little bit of the NFL draft. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports is going to join us as we break down our Bears and also the rest of the league with this past week's NFL draft, Dean Davis Show. Yo, what's up? This is Rashid Hadi, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Yeah. D and Davis show, and we're lucky enough on the line to have a man that's making moves. The one, the only Eric at home, Eric at home of Yahoo Sports, NFL draft expert, is now draft. I mean, talking to us. We haven't talked to him since Christmas time, I guess. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Christmas time. It's been so too long. It's been too long. So look, Eric, I was just going down your timeline, and I see that you posted about the draft from three years ago and having some type of regret. What? Uh oh. <laughs> what, what what are your major regrets from the, the draft three years ago for everybody listening that was the Dak Prescott draft as you, you mentioned yeah. in the article which Dak went low but matter of fact before you get into that what were your thoughts on Dak and has he reached the level or did you have negative thoughts on Dak and he he he, he succeeded he succeeded past the level that you expected yeah and I appreciate you know for anybody who hasn't read it yet which I'm guessing is probably most of you out there but uh, yeah, I was sort of thinking, you know, I was talking to people online about how, you know, people were saying, oh, how can you issue grades for a dra- like the draft that we just completed a couple days ago? You know, these guys haven't played it down. I get that, right? I totally do get that. There, you have to see how they look in the uniform. Do they get hurt? Is there a starter they have to beat out? You know, there's so many, you know, is it a good positional fit? Is it a good fit with the coaching staff? There's a million factors that go into whether a good player is good or not. So I said, hey, why don't I look back at my – 2006 post-draft grades and see how I did. And I had, I went in blind. I had no idea. And I knew, I knew that the Dak pick was good. Cause I had Dak as my number 37 or eight overall mm. player. I really liked him. I thought I watched a lot of SEC football and I just thought this guy's going to find his way into, into the lineup once Tony Romo's done, et cetera. I was about the only good pick I had. I, I, I just, my batting average was, uh, you know, Mendoza line. Not very good, you know. And it, and it just kind of reinforces the, the, the idea that doing an immediate grading of a draft is pretty flawed, right? Yeah. We only know so much. There's only so much we can put forth. But there were some instances where I, I had it pegged, but – a lot of big misses too. I'm I'm taking one on the chin for this one, but I had fun writing it. That's that's all that mattered. And we appreciate it. Yeah, I would <laughs> I, I would hope more media members actually go back and kind of like say, you know what, I got that one wrong. You know, yeah, shows you I, all you're human. If you guys go and read it, I mean, I I poke pretty good fun at myself. I'm I'm pretty good at that. I've gotten really good at it over the years with all the mistakes I've made. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you gotta have a little fun with it. You gotta realize. You know, if people are going to hold it against you three years later that you misevaluated the left guard from Southeast Missouri State, well, so be it. You Basically. know what I mean? There's nothing I can do to please those folks. Dean Davis on the line right now. Eric at home. Follow him at Eric underscore at home. Eric, let me get to the Chicago Bears before we go out to the rest of the league. Uh, real quick, getting to their third round pick, uh, David Montgomery. Where did you have him rated compared to Daryl Henderson from Memphis? Uh, I had him a. I had him above Henderson. I did. I, I had him as my number two back. I had Josh Jacobs, I think, as my 24th overall player. And I had Montgomery, I want to say, 41st or 42nd. Um, I want to say I had Henderson in the 50s or something. I'd have to go back and check. It was somewhere in the middle of the top 100. So I just felt like even though, you know, even though Henderson's numbers were on a per-play basis shockingly good, 
uh, as both a receiver and a runner. A lot of that was kind of scheme driven. Uh, lower level of competition in that in that conference. You know, I understand the Big Twelve isn't exactly littered with amazing defenses, but still, I I still consider that a step down. Um, and just watching him play, I felt like Montgomery's style was going to work more in. I try to project players as starters, right? I mean, I think Henderson in a in a in a shared role is going to be exceptional, mm-hmm. right? Schemed up and, and put in space and allowed to kind of get those hit those those doubles, triples, and homers. But David Montgomery, I think, is going to be more of an every down type of back. I realize Chicago, he's got a you know a couple other really good backs there too, but. I think he's going to earn that role. He's he's super reliable, incredible jump cuts, you know, shifty, thickly framed, exceptional character. You know, he's an Eagle Scout. He does does work in the community. He started his own charity. Uh, you know, he's just he's a neat kid. He's a good receiver. There's a lot to like about him. And he was, you know, while Hakeem Butler was developing as a as an offensive threat. He was, you know, like the one guy that Cyclones could really kind of hang their hat on down after down, series after series. What was the biggest reach from the Bears this past draft? Good question. Probably the <laughs> uh, the K-State slot corner. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't crazy about Duke Shelley. Uh, I'd only watched two games of his. The size factor is a concern, obviously. I mean, he's about 178 pounds or something like that. Made a couple of big plays in college, but he's pretty much going to be an inside guy, I think. We're talking about a six-round pick, though, right? I mean, like, it's hard <laughs> to get too upset about that. I mean, right. and when Ryan Pace is going to be as aggressive as he has targeting certain players, you know, they're going to have five- and six-man draft class. That's, that's the, the result. So, you know, again, I mean, I you can question the wisdom of, of trading your picks and, and funneling them into fewer players and that sort of thing, but... Uh, you know, they got great value with the first two picks for sure. I mean, Riley Ridley's going to be, I think he'll outplay his draft position. I think, he, you know, even in a deep receiver group, I really like that pick. D and Davis show on the line was right now. Eric at home, recording right down here at 670 to score. Follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. Um, the one position I'm surprised that it didn't go after, Eric, and I'd love to get your opinion on this one. Looking at the tight end position, I'm thinking yeah. it has a little bit of lack of depth. Are you surprised that they didn't try to, to strengthen it in the draft? Yeah, and it was considered a good year for, for tight ends, and I'd have to sort of look at, at where they were picking and, and you know try to figure out who the most likely tight end they could have drafted at each of those spots where it's hard to remember you know every single slot and who picked who where. But, yeah, I mean, this is this – is, I'm also surprised the New England Patriots didn't take a tight end either. But, you know, I mean, uh, sometimes the board just kind of – just kind of floats that way. And I think you, you kind of heard the Ryan Pace's comments about, I don't think they were thinking wide receiver with that fourth-round pick. But mm-hmm. when they looked and saw, geez, we've got Riley really way up there, farther than any other player on the board, we'll be kicking ourselves a year from now or two years from now if this guy turns out to be good and we went against our board. Evaluators are always saying, you know, if you're going to miss on a pick – at least miss on the guy that you had graded really high as opposed to reaching for a need. So I get it. I mean, the beautiful thing about tight ends is as versatile and, you know, as nice as they are to have, you could also kind of work without them too. You can add an mm. extra receiver. You can put a second back on the field. That's true. I mean, it, that's, that's, it, it limits your blocking potential probably, but formationally, I mean, you can, you can do without them. So, 
Uh, I hate to say that because I love tight ends. But, <laughs> but the other position I thought they, they could have addressed at some point along the way was offensive line, but it's clear that the, the value at that position seemed to fall off a cliff after a certain point in this draft. Very good at the top after a certain point. It's probably not worth wherever you're taking them. So, but looking at the draft, though, it it seems, at least from the fans' perspective, they're trying to get as many weapons around Mitchell Trubisky and make sure, sure this offense takes that next step. You think you have something with the defense, the special teams, you know, try to figure that out. But if this offense takes the next step, especially behind Mitchell Trubisky, they could possibly go a little bit deeper than they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, you know, and, you know, we were left with that impression of, of you know, Mitch getting him in a position to win that playoff game. And, you know, one of the best throws I thought he made all season was on that drive down the right sideline there. And, you know, you, you add a Cordero Patterson, you get Anthony Miller another year of experience, same thing with Trey Burton. You know, you add Ridley and you know, Emmanuel Hall to the mix because I consider Hall to be a draftable prospect, and it was surprising he fell out. You add a David Montgomery and a Kareth White Jr. And, you know, and all of a sudden, if, as long as that offensive line stays relatively healthy, and they did get a lot of good luck with injuries last year for the most part. Yeah. Until maybe the very later, you know, with Eddie Jackson late. But, I mean, still, just, you know, they could they could have something really interesting going here for sure. We know the defense is still going to be strong. You know, you think that they made enough special teams improvements if they can find a kicker. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all the elements you want to keep going with. But it does boil down to how much you know, Trubisky has around him and what they can do for him and what he can do for them. All right, so I have to get your thoughts on this one. We leave the Bears alone for right now. But what was your reaction? Explain to us your face when the Giants drafted Daniel Young. Uh, Daniel Honestly, Jones. I wasn't shocked. Because I knew ahead of time they liked him. Yeah, mm. I mean, how about this? How about when I got the information that they liked Daniel Jones? <laughs> and, and here's the thing, guys. Like, I don't even actually hate him as a prospect. I really don't. I just, at no point along the way until about four days before the draft did I realistically think he was a uh, top 25 pick. You know, after the Senior Bowl, his stock seemed to be kind of down a little bit. And it was just sort of like, you know, Drew Locke outplayed him in practice. I know he played well in the game, but it was, you know, to me, the practice sessions were very revealing. His arm strength is not what I would consider anything more than average. But he's tough. He's smart. You know, he's pretty athletic, too. Oh, go watch the North Carolina game. You'll see him run for about 170 yards. It was crazy. But, you know, I just, I just don't see him as a – I think he's a high-floor guy, but I don't see him as ever being one of the best 12 or – 15 passers in the NFL. I really don't. So, you, you don't think you had a lot of fingerprints on the Mannings on this pick, though? With the influence of the Mannings? Oh, sure. No, I mean, I think, you know, the, the David Cutcliffe connection, it was funny, guys. I was, I was down at the Cedar Bowl, and I had never heard Daniel Jones talk before. If I did, I didn't recall it. And I went up to the podium. They had a little press, little media day to introduce the players or whatever. Daniel Jones is up there talking, and I actually tweeted it out. You can go find it. I said, oh, my God, if you close your eyes and listen to Daniel Jones talk, it sounds exactly like Eli Manning. Like his, the, the phrases he used, the voice, the whole thing. Come to find out that he was basically this, like, created in a lab by, by <laughs> the mad David Sutcliffe, who just produces these, like, Manning genetic things. You know, I don't know what, but... 
I, I, it's just so funny to look back and think that I thought that at the time and then who knew, you know, this is going to be the result. But, yeah, I think that obviously played a lot into it. I mean, if you watch him kind of drop back, he's way more athletic than Eli, in my opinion. But, you know, he has similar footwork, similar mechanics. You know, I mean, you see a lot of those things. And, you know, let's face it, Eli Manning's been a good good quarterback in this career. Maddening at times, but good, yeah. you know, overall. So, if he comes anywhere close to Eli's career, it's going to look like a good pick, but I still need some convincing at this point. Yeah, the value was just bad. Right. Yeah. That's the, like that's the thing. They could have gotten a, a defensive lineman and then went back and got a, a receiver. I mean, a quarterback at seventeen. So that just the value of Gettleman. Hey, but listen, if he if he proves out, he stuck right. to his board. Yeah. He went. So look, let me ask you this: and you bringing up uh, particular players with particular teams, what was the best? What's the, what were the better fits, player and team in this draft, high and low, as far as some of the picks with the teams that they're going to be going to in this uh, upcoming offseason? Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, like. If Kyler Murray's going to succeed in the NFL, it's got to be, you know, with a coach who's willing to have, you know, to, to, to tailor the offense to his skills, or in the case of Cliff Kingsbury, to, you know, sort of work in this, this air raid system and, and have vertical receivers and have him, you know, uh, maybe a little bit wider splits to give him some, some better passing lanes to see through, to let him use his athleticism by spreading the field out. I mean, that, that just number one pick, I think that's probably – like, I'd be fascinated to see if Cliff, if Cliff Kingsbury was not hired by the Arizona Cardinals, where would Murray have gone in this draft? I don't know. I mean, maybe with the fourth pick to the Raiders? I don't know. Maybe not. I, it, it's such a fascinating thing. So I think he landed in as good a place he could have for that regard. Um, further down, I mean – I think Devin Bush of the Steelers is, mm. is just perfect. Yeah. Watching him play has that kind of modern linebacker but throwback mentality almost to him. I mean, he's such a hard hitter and he's such a he's such a leader uh, on the field out there. It's fun to watch him play. I had him as my like number nine overall player. They got him at ten. It just felt right. So, and I just I'm such a big Brian Burns fan. I thought he was he was he's just starting to scratch the surface. He's kind of that. Daniil Hunter type of rusher, you know, for Carolina to get him at 16, I mm. thought was, was incredible. Yeah. So in a couple of years, he, he, he just turned 21 last week. I mean, he could really be, really be good. Look, you mentioned uh, Kyler Murray and I want to go to the other side and ask you about Josh Rosen in particular about Miami. Yeah. Now, looking at what Miami's doing, I think most of us believe that Miami was looking at Tua Tungavailoa next year and that they were basically, I hate to say tanking, but we're, we're in the tank for him. Now, even bringing in Rosen and the fact that they don't have to pay, they pay, they have to pay him a minuscule amount, do you still think that Tua's in their plans or will they go behind Josh Rosen or is Josh Rosen so cheap they don't have to necessarily make a plan as far as going behind him right now? Uh, yeah, and the beautiful thing, like you said, I mean, the fact that they're barely paying Rose and they, they, you know, traded in essence a low second round pick for him. You know, it's kind of like when the Panthers drafted Jimmy Clausen at 48. It didn't stop them the next year from drafting Cam Newton, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you think of it just in those like terms. And obviously, Rosen himself saw how, <laughs> you know, you could be a first round pick. They trade up for you at number 10 last year. That's an extreme example, but you never know in this league. So I'll say this. People who I know who know Brian Flores, I've never met him. I've only talked to him in, like, you know, group settings, things like that, say that the idea of him trying to be on board with any kind of tanking thing, like he wouldn't have taken the job if he thought that this was a, 
you know, a, a fait accompli where they were, all right, Brian, you know, give it your best shot, but we're going to go 1-15 and, and, you know, you'll get two a tag of Iloa. I don't think he would have signed up for that. I think he's going to coach the heck out of these guys. They may not be all that talented, but as it pertains to Rosen, he's going to get every shot to win the starting job. They want to know what they have. You know, they want to know, hey, look, is he good enough to prevent us from taking Tagovailoa, you know, Herbert, Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, whoever comes out next year's draft. I have no idea. But Herbert for sure will come out. He's a senior. You know, there's going to be probably multiple quarterbacks in the discussion for the number one pick next year. And they might be picking first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And they're projected to have like 14 picks next year. So, Whoa. yeah, I mean, they're going to have compensatory picks. They trade, they got some from, they got a second rounder from the Saints in that trade. You know, they got, I think, a lower pick. I'm forgetting which one off the top of my head. They're going to have a ton of picks next year. So, even if they don't get the number one pick, they still could, in theory, maneuver up that way. So, everything I believe is on the table. But I will say this I think they want Rosen starting sooner rather than later. So that they can figure out what what exactly they have. Then Davis recording out of the score on the line, Eric at home. Look real quick. Uh, when you just something that you had just mentioned, kind of just kind of uh, took me aback real quick. Sure. What what's trending in this draft that was different from past drafts? And take Kyler Murray and his height out of it. Uh, other position, yeah. uh, other positions that seemed like they were up, and not just depending on what was available, but the direction that the NFL seems like it's going in right now. Well, a quick quarterback note that really caught me by surprise that I did not see coming. When I was doing my final mock draft, I had four in the, in the first round. I had Murray, I had Jones, I had Haskins, and I had Drew Locke. As we know, Locke flipped around two. Prior to this draft, 10 of the previous 11 first-round quarterbacks went to a team that traded up to that spot. I assumed that would sort of hold true, that maybe there would be, you know, Murray would go one, fine, that's not a trade-up thing. You know, somebody might try to vault the Giants for Locke. I mean, for uh, uh, Jones, if they really liked him. Haskins felt like a trade-up pick. Somebody might trade into the back end around one for Locke. And it didn't happen that way. Murray went to the original pick. Dale Jones went to the original pick. Haskins, the Redskins sat there and sweated it out. They got him at 15. Drew Locke went to the original Broncos' second-round pick. They traded up into the lot ahead of them in number 40 to get Dalton Reisner. So that was four quarterbacks that went off the board that didn't go to traded picks. So that kind of told me that this year's class, people didn't think very highly of it. Yes, there were three first rounders. Yes, there were four in the top 41. But that just sort of gave me an idea that, you know, this is not viewed anywhere close to what last year's class was or this year's class. And I guess the other big takeaway was, you know, once the offensive tackles kind of went off the board, especially like, you know, Alabama State, Titus Howard at number 23, you know, I had him as a second round or a third round pick. I just sort of felt like that's where he would go. It was clear that there was a drop off at that position, that once the top handful of guys went, teams kind of went into panic mode a little bit at that position. Hey, Eric, who are you excited to see that came out of this draft? I like watching Josh Jacobs run a lot. I just think he's, he's just got such an infectious uh, running style. Like he's going to be a fan favorite for you know the one year they're left in, in Oakland, but eventually in Vegas. So he's one I want to see. And I'll be curious to see. Obviously, Murray. You got to you yeah. know we want to see what Murray looks like. Um, there's got 
you know, Montgomery and Chicago, right? You put them in that high octane offense. How many carries is he going to get? Well, how big a role does he have? Uh, you know, that that's one of them. Um, I, yeah, I would I would say those are the big ones. That, mm-hmm. Like you know, as far as the skill position guys go, maybe Hakeem Butler too, just because he fell to the fourth round. I'm curious to see can he be, become a part of that Arizona Cardinals uh, passing game down there. So, yeah, I mean, Bush in, in Pittsburgh, Devin White in Tampa. You know, I love watching good linebacker play, and I think those two are the best at that spot. You know, and then the, there's a great defensive line class. Just sort of see who separates themselves from the pack a little bit in that group because a handful will be disappointing, a handful will be about where we expect them to be, and then a couple will be so much better than, than they're even projected to be. Who, who do you prefer, White or Bush? I had Bush slightly higher, okay. and I know that may have been a little bit different than other people, but so Devin White may have the higher ceiling. I mean, you know, he's a 255-pound running back coming out of high school. He was a little bit immature in high school, got to LSU, put all that stuff behind him, became an instant team leader. You know, Dave Aranda said, hey, instead of trying to beat out Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis, why don't you come into the linebacker room and you can be my starting Mike in a year, you know? Hmm. And it was a brilliant transition. That, you know, like everybody said, that was the move, right? That was the right. He slimmed down, elite closing speed, infectious style, but he's a little wild out there. And you see him, you know, overrun some plays, whiff on a couple tackles. It's little stuff, but I just felt like if Devin Bush can figure out zone defense a little bit because they ran almost all man at Michigan, and I think he had the instincts and just sort of the natural football feel to do it. I just think he's a little bit more of a safe prospect. But I had I was splitting hairs between those guys. All right, we'll get you out with a question and a half. You mentioned David Montgomery, and I was going to ask you, what were your expectations? You, you said we don't know how many carries he's going to get, but looking at this offense, and I guess we can kind of look back at Kansas City perhaps, but they didn't have Tariq Cohen. Right. If you had to predict his season as far as maybe the yards and the amount of carries he's going to get, especially for people that play fantasy football, mm. um, what would you what would you give him? Like, what would you predict for Devin Montgomery in this Bears offense? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would guess somewhere in the you know 150 to 200 carry range, something like that. I'd have to go back and look. What, you know, what did Jordan Howard do last year, for instance? But you know, I think he's going to be a 10 to 12 carry guy per game. I think that's fair to say. You give Cohen some touches, Davis, et cetera. They're, they're a little thin in that running back spot. That's a good reason why they drafted White late. I mean, just to give him another fourth guy there. You lose Benny Cunningham as well. So that plus the receiving yards, I would say something on the order of, you know, 11, 1,200 yards from scrimmage, 13 on the high end maybe, and, you know, eight or ten touchdowns, something like that. I could see it. And, Eric, have we found out if and the amount of compensatory picks that the Bears are going to receive? I don't know. I have to look. You know, there's a guy named Nick Cordy who does a really great job on, on Twitter. I follow him, and he's sort of my compensatory pick go-to guy. Okay. So I'd have to look. But, yeah, that formula is so complex. You know, kudos to the people who have figured it out. I'm, You know, I made it to calculus, but I couldn't even remember how to do that stuff now. <laughs> I'm so with you. Beyond, beyond me, man. Eric, hey, man, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Like we said, it's been too long, man, but we're going to get you definitely back on when the season kicks up. Yeah, I know we tried to connect a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry I couldn't make it happen. I'm no, glad no we got together now. Yeah, No problem, man. We no look problem. forward to it. And congratulations again, Eric. Yes, thanks, Thank Eric. Thank you. Good talking to you all. Yep. That was Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. Make sure you follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. This is the Dean Davis Show recording right here at 670 The Score. Looking at the Bears running back, they already got a nickname.
Run DMC. Uh, uh. Do you think they have to pay for that? People use that logo and use that name a lot. I wonder if they get any coin off of that. That's a good question. Just a trademark. Well, I don't but know. But I they wonder how you can alter it so you don't have it to. It doesn't, it's not altered at all. I was watching Sports Feed with my guys, Josh uh, Fryman and Jerry Payton, last night. And uh, I think I had saw it on Twitter, like Run DMC, because I think the Bears actually tweeted it out. It's the straight Run DMC logo with their names, you know, saying the um, the D and the M and the C and highlight. But also, I mean, highlighted. why couldn't they? But the Bears are just tweeting it out, though. They're just, I mean, that's like if you use the logo, logo. But like if you used it, I guess it depends on how you use it. Now, if they oh, start yeah, making, making T-shirts off of it, you then know, they were you probably. You know that's already happening. Well, then probably Run DMC. But somebody basically let's be done. honest, Run DMC probably doesn't own that 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 image of who. Like Wu, the Wu, uh, Wu-Tang doesn't, uh, doesn't own the W. I bet you they don't. So, uh, no, but look, that's, uh, I want to ask him about Haskins, but we didn't get a chance to ask him about Haskins. We'll bring him back. One but. thing that he brought up that I noticed in the draft, I don't know if you saw, Ken, I saw a lot of reaching on offensive linemen and tackles specifically. Bad year. Bad year. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. That's why I felt really confident that there would be a guy around where the Bears are picking that they're really going to like, because I just knew Except for that Alabama guy. He was the only guy who had any business to be in the first round. Mm-hmm. And there was multiple guys after it that. Was. It was. And I just thought they were pushing them straight down. People going for need instead of going best available. I mean, you we all knew going into this draft, this was not the draft for that. Like, for if you didn't have a, a second-day guy that you were in love with, you may as well either, if you had the money to spend some money in free agency or kick the rock down in next uh, season's uh, draft and try to look for an uh, offensive lineman then. Last year, we know it's the guard year. Like, but it, And especially with, again, with offensive linemen, and we're talking about high in the draft, you know that's a 50-50 as far as hitting and, and missing out. That's all about damn near their effort and how how yeah. those guys are because of the type of pounding that they take. So you better either have Harry Hestad, shout out to the Bears, mm-hmm. somebody pretty good that knows how to coach these guys up, but no, nah, dude, like this, I will say this as far as the Bears and uh, Ryan Pace, and again, I, I would I would like for someone to tell me if they think this has to do with Matt Nagy being in the brain trust now with how Ryan Pace goes about drafting. I'm sure it makes it easier because you know your coach and you know what he wants compared to with John Fox. You know he just wanted three yards in a cloud of dust, basically. Mm-hmm. But looking at the – I think the Riley Ridley pick and it's, it's, and just looking at – I wonder the influence again on Matt Nagy making that and the Bears and props to them stuck to best player available. And that's what you had to do in a situation where you didn't have a top – a first-round pick or a second-round pick where I guess you can kind of balance out need with – the, the the rating of the player because they're rated as a first or second round player so you can have a uh, the K- K- Khalil K- I mean um, Anthony Miller no the Khalil Farrell kid oh, yeah. from for the oh. Raiders drafted yeah, that Clemson cl- yeah clearly they should have drafted Josh Allen I don't even care what system you're playing in give me the freakiest edge rusher I can and we'll figure mm-hmm. it out basically right. Right. rather than going for a standard like I said on this weekend a standard old school defensive end and I say he won't be good but the the amount of value that people wasted in this draft was like a lot. it was a lot of up and down a lot of reaches a lot of surprises in the first first and round and D to your question when you asked Eric I thought of this too why didn't they address backup tight end now they got an undrafted free agent at tight end that yeah. a lot of people are high up yeah. on so they maybe like they somewhat yeah maybe they somewhat solved that but I was wondering the same thing with what Eric said in this new offense this new we do whatever and we have an answer for everything you don't need a tight end if you get a receiver, you can maybe extra receiver, yeah. extra running back. Kind of, but it's something about that mitch that mismatch 
at that position now. And even though he's undersizing Trey Burton, and we know he, if he's out there, he's not blocking anything, mm-hmm. but it's still the matchup of having that guy play a safety sure. or a linebacker and what he can do on it. And probably, to me, to answer your point, if I knew, I don't know, they probably didn't have that type of uh, uh, of uh, uh, Kelsey guy that they're looking for like you think like that they want something similar to Travis Kelsey yeah I mean like that's what a big guy who can go a across big guy, yeah a big guy who blocking a, ability yeah, exactly but at least you can because at least you can go out there and, and and have a base package to where that tight end can split out or line up like you the mismatches that you can achieve like that Adam Sheen isn't that guy and there's some concern I'm not hating on Trey Burton uh he had a he had a better year last year than I expected because I didn't expect for the Bears and I said this very key to the first half of the season people were for, for some oh, yeah. Somebody was hating on Tony. him this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the only thing with Trey that has people nervous is that, that last mental game. Breakdown yeah. that, but thing. I mean, he's yeah. talked about it. Right. And I mean, the thing is, too, he sh- he shouldn't be the key tight end. He should be like, ooh, we got Trey Burton. Like right. back when they had um, when they had Martellus Bennett and then they had Zach Miller, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that's sweet. Injury prone Zach Miller behind him with that speed. But then it was Zach Miller was like, hold up. Right. Like you, that, you need to bump Trey Burton down and be like, man, we got this little trickster out here and take some of that pressure off of him but again to the thing I was going to say I didn't think usually when you go out and bring in the amount of free agents the Bears brought in you may hit on half of them if you're lucky they hit on everybody but the kicker all right, everything clicked but the kicker. But again, to what you're saying, I don't think the guy that you're saying the Bears need for this offense was there, and there was no reason to waste a pick on a guy that they didn't think fit the scheme at tight end, the tight end position. Yeah, right? you want to see if Nagy can coach these guys up, or you know, say maybe find somebody undrafted, or whatever the case may be, you might be able to find somebody like that. But I, but still, though, I mean. It's good to have a good tight end. Gee, oh, yeah. He ain't nothing. Yeah, he's a, he's a waste of a player. How you guys are saying tight end? <laughs> Eric said, he was a, it's good to have a good tight end? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a good tight end. But it, seriously, that wide receiver battle this year, ooh, man, that's going to be off the but chain. You, but you look at Anthony Miller, he basically played the entire season with one arm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you want to try to find some guys who's going to give you depth. That's what I'm saying before. You want to try to give Mitch everything that he needs. Well, at the receiver position, he's got everything. He got everything. He That's very true. And the offensive line should step up another year within the system because I think this is Nagy's. This will be Nagy's second draft with them because they act, he was hired after the after after this is third year coaching, but this is second draft. No, this is the second year coaching. Yeah, is it? second year. Oh, second. I'm sorry. Yeah, second year. Second year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You yeah, pointing yeah. at him like I didn't say it. <laughs> well, you. Yeah. Second year. Second year. Second year. Well, he said yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so no, it's the second year. So, uh, but no, you hope that you hope that um, he be able to find somebody and coach him up and maybe get get them uh, that that position locked in. All right, let's uh, switch off and get into a little bit of fantasy world with Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones and Dean Davis' thoughts. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. D and Davis Show, recording right here at 670 Score. We are back. Make sure you follow the show at D and Davis Show, Instagram too, at D and Davis Show. So this past weekend... Is going to be memorable for me for on a lot of reasons, personal and just the geek side of me, geek side of all of us, really. My daughter's birthday was Friday. She turned seven. Happy birthday, Gracie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Little girl turned seven, went to uh, the Dells the week before. That was kind of like a little birthday vacay for her. Also, too, we had Marvel Endgame come out Saturday. Well, it came out Friday. It came out on the 26th. But we went to, me and my family went to go see it Saturday. And then Sunday was episode three, Battle of Winterfell, the Game of Thrones. So, 
you know we had to talk about it. We talked about it before. Got to dive into it. Um, Ken and I have definitely gone back and forth. A little bit last night when we was going to an event we had went to, we was like, you know what, Ken was like, man, I just want to save everything for tomorrow. You, of course, wouldn't let me. I didn't. So what do you mean? What do you mean? No, nah, man, I'm saving tomorrow. I, I want this to be fresh for you, Ryan. I said, man, what's wrong, brother? What's Ryan, wrong? Ryan, who almost got kicked <laughs> out of the team. With his, I want to talk about it. You let Julie talk about it to you. <laughs> like, you, you really got this thing of like, you like to try to bully me, I see. Like, that's like your little uh, your no, little thing. No, <laughs> nobody bullies you. I, I like why. being a bully. <laughs> get a, we got to save that drop. Um, so first up, hey, I guess we'll go based on what came out. Mm-hmm. Game, no game. Marvel Endgame, the final. It's not the final. Well, it's kind of like the final movie of Endeavor. Phase. Yeah. Well, it's, no. Spider Man. Spider Man Far From Home is actually the last movie of Phase Four from Marvel. So mm-hmm. this is not. But this is the the anticipated part four, or the almost sequel, if you want to say, to Infinity War. It's basically what everything's been set up since yes, Iron Man. Since movie. Iron Man. Since and that was in two thousand eight, I believe Iron Man came out. So 22 movies is, is taken to get to this point and uh, Marvel Endgame drop. Uh, a little bit of data or facts on the uh, movie. It generated $1.2 billion the opening weekend. I think domestic it hit 350 And I believe right now it's in the top 15 of highest grossing movies of all time. That's just off the strength of... Of the very first weekend. They're also worried if it's going to um, have legs, though. It's going to have legs. No, because the reason why they don't believe it'll have legs. Why? Is because usually they sat, they oversaturated the, the screens with the amount of screens that they ran. Mm-hmm. So they feel like a lot of people may have seen it compared to a lot of times with movies they were talking about. I believe E.T. and a couple other movies that even like 10 months later were still in the top 10 of mu- movies that are viewed at the movie theater. How that may not have, even though back I, when they were saying that, it was I think I was listening to uh, WBZ. I, I, I stand corrected. I had the wiki up for the top gross movies of all time, the top 50 of all time. I looked at it this morning. It was, the end game was not in the top 10. It is in the top 10 now. It's right now at 1.3. So it's making money as we speak. Yeah. So just give you the top 10 real quick. You just really cut me off with no, what I'm saying. No, how? I was just what? breaking down the legs and how old movie theaters compared to this. And you went, ah. Oh, well, yeah. It, it, that, that jumped out of me. I'm sorry, but please continue. No, go ahead, bro. Okay, so top 10, you have Endgame, Black Panther, Age of Ultron, Furious 7, The Avengers, uh, Jurassic World, Avengers Infinity War, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Titanic, and Avatar. That's your top 10. Ooh, guess it, what's not in there? What? What, Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. It said 1.1. It ain't going to break Black Panther's record. like 1.1 for Captain Marvel, and it's guess still what? in the theaters. Guess what? And I'll Black Panther's at 1.3. I'll tell you this much. That end game coming out is going to hurt. It's cannibalize Captain Marvel, give him some more views. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. So, enough of that. It was corny. Our thoughts it was corny. of... In game, Ken, you can go. Let Ken off the hook. It yeah. was corny as hell. It was the hokiest movie of all, the uh, the hokiest movie of all Marvel movies. It That's was a like, lie. That is a lie. No, 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 it was like In Game presented by Ant Man's director and writer. What? Um, <laughs> what? No, no. Let me say this. It was <laughs> it was epic, but the whole time travel thing was corny. They broke their own rule in the time travel thing, which is why we're going to spend all this time talking about exactly how it works if Cap is going to break the rule at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I yeah, guess yeah, we should probably that. say that. Yeah, this is a spoiler alert. 
What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, Is this live? No. We can edit that out. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, yeah, totally. I... They're still going to tweet about it. No, it's, don't worry about it. Are you serious? It's fine. I'm really sorry. No, don't worry about it. No, it's fine. Okay. We can edit it, right? Okay, now go. Oh, well. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that We'll put that on the picture for this podcast. Uh, look, it, 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 I'm not saying that it wasn't still epic, mm-hmm. but it was too much. And I know they referenced this, so it's kind of like, hey, we said it before you said it. It was too much Bill and Ted 2 and, and, and uh, Back to the Future 3. I didn't hear none of that. They said that in the movie. They were like Bill and Ted. I was like, yeah, like Bill and Ted. I thought it was more so back in the future. They said both of yeah, them, and they said, said oh, back to the future bo- oh, okay. like three times, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they said back Bill and Ted. Back to the future was wrong? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then first of all, I love back to, but even though back to the future three was trash, right? Which yeah, three wasn't something good. in common. They made two and three simultaneously, like they did Infinity War and Endgame. I didn't know that. Yes, which means this is trash. No, I'm joking. No. But, uh, <laughs> this was better than Back to the Future three. Yes. Let me was. start off with that. Um, look, there were times like my favorite part was the beginning uh, to see uh, how they approached Thanos. I won't even ruin all this for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what they oh, found. Oh, we already said spoiler. You go and go. What they, when they found out what he had did to the stones. I mean, just think about you're spending all this time like we're going to jump. We're going to jump the boogeyman. And this time with lesser forces, we're going to beat his ass. So basically, you know, this is a suicide mission to get there and find out. And I mean, you're, you're giving it your all for what you love to get there and find out that he doesn't even have what you need. To bring back your friends. My man is a uh, urban planner. Yeah, and basically he's retired. <laughs> like he's 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 living. Where your guys the, at? Man, I'm done. Man, I'm out here chilling. I'm done. I'm in the garden. Like, right. Yeah. I, I got the Nelly Kush out in the back. <laughs> right? Y'all want to smoke? Exactly, man. I I need as much weed for this arm right here, this banged up yeah. arm that I got. But um, in my perfect. This has been 20 years in the making. <laughs> but um, so that to me, to see how it affected them for just how demoralized they were from not getting it, how it, it ruined Thor basically. Mm-hmm. That was cold. Like yeah. I, for open, that's the type when you open with taking off the the, the enemy's dome piece. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is gonna be interesting yeah. then. Yeah. Um, I. The, the time, the, the, to me, this is the thing. It, you could have taken out at least 15 minutes with all the time travel sequences. I get it. If you want to do Tony going back and meeting his father, cool. I, the rest of them, just show me when they're getting on the platform, going out and coming back. With we, It was too much time wasted. For As great as this movie was, mm. time travel usually sucks in the first place. We're like, it does. It's a very hard thing to pull up. Yeah, but... Because it, it's not real. And But see, the problem, though, but when you try, but when you try to say the difference in our time travel is this, and then you go against it, you really, you mess it up even more. Like, don't expect establish that you basically if you go back or, or I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a caveat so let's just say cap went back right and he didn't change anything so maybe he would be in their timeline we know he chased he killed a family right oh girl had a family he said nah she minds them grandkids death <laughs> she said he said tony stark said go live that oh life. yeah put it on tony the greatest avenger <laughs> ever no i'm saying that's what, but he said he said and then, what tony said and it, I goes, live my life. and it goes to everything that i've been saying for since since uh, uh um civil war oh you don't like cap cap's a bitch all right. At the end, words. at the end, he showed his true colors. That's America's ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You even more he a bitch, <laughs> right? He should have won. He should have look clearly when he came back and he was sitting on that bench. He should have had on a MAGA hat. 
Because we, where are you going with this? Because wait, wait, Cap went back in the past, didn't save, didn't save uh, Martin Luther King, didn't save any of the Kennedys. Let let look look look. Let How his best this? friend Bucky kill Tony Stark's family. Still, right? Going? But look look, this is a crazy thing. But yeah, he got his loving though. It'd be different if Cap was like, I'm not touching nothing, right? No, no, he went and got what Cap wanted. The selfish bastard. Left Black Widow's dead. Tony's dead. You, These can't, are, you can't bring them back. No, no, that's, that's not the point I'm trying to make. These are the, the leaders of the Avengers. Who's leading when when Tony and Cap was going? Black Widow, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's usually other? Who are the dominant leaders? Cap or Tony? Black Widow and Tony are dead. What does Cap do? I'm retiring. My, my, my ass is out of here. Like, I don't care what y'all going to do, right? But I'm he, about of this piece. He said he did what Tony told him to do. Dude, I could, you know life. how easy it would be Go for me? Wait, wait, you know how easy it would be for me to do something that's not right and say D told me? D did tell me, man, I got to get my money. Look, I can use that for anything. <laughs> Any, D, look, I'd be outside right now on the corner slinging drugs, and they'd be like, man, why you out? I'd be like, D told me, get that money. And it's because I said it clearly. That means something. So, nah, son, miss me with that. So, look, the real G. So, then the whole thing I've been talking about, the real G did what he did. Going into this, our argument was who was going to die. Yeah. I always wanted Cap to die. First of all, the bastard still should be dead. He should have went out, all right? And I was saying... Iron you Man said Robert Downey Jr. You I said Robert Downey Jr. But then, yeah. like I was telling you in the car, we we knew about two weeks ago both of them were leaving. They were gone. Like just from how people, the cast was talking about mm-hmm. it. Tony went out like a true. Look, I think if, if this yeah, doesn't prove, but see this, if this doesn't prove why I've been mad at Cap, this whole movie proves. Like I've been in the background, like telling y'all, like she ain't right, y'all, and y'all be like, she's the best girl ever. I'm like, she ain't right, and then she finally went and ran off on your ass, and I was like, I told you, <laughs> and nobody still the dude. Cap is right, and then this is another thing that pissed me Jeez. off. While I'm going, to, look, still epic movie, epic, epic. He's a listen, say epic. Great, great, too, too cokey. Look, look, things can be hokey, but when we're at the end of something that had something sad happened, it didn't have to get this hokey. I know Hulk is part of it. You throw another moon at me, and I'm gonna lose it. I, I know that. That's the that's the formula they've used to make these movies successful. Yeah. I get that part. But this one was like, it, it, you need more Hulk? Yeah, bring a truck full of Hulk and throw it up. And it's like, whoa, whoa slow it down just a little bit. So then this is the thing. The two, uh, two other things before I let you jump in, I'll get back to crushing this movie. Okay. Um, I hate the fact that characters were fully functional with new powers that they had never used before. Yeah, anybody, if you're worthy, can hold, hold, can hold uh, Majornera. Mm-hmm. I always mess up Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. But you don't know how to just use lightning and do it. Look, but he, he damn near should have just took off flying with the damn thing, right? <laughs> but he, but in the comic books, he actually had, it was an art that he used it. I'm not, no, no, no. That's not the point that We're I'm making. I know MCU, that. I'm just, but the point that I'm making, even when you're saying that, mm-hmm. I bet you if I go back and check that comic book out, they have clips of how he adjusted to it when he was like, oh, I can do this, I can do it. Like, dude is in battle doing things like, man, I've been using this for years. That was like, come the hell on. And then Pepper Potts out here flying around in the suit. Like, chick, you, Tony was like, she don't even really like this stuff anyway well whatever but she out here fully functional it took tony some time to be like okay i'm gonna do this how i'm gonna do that so like stuff like that was like okay y'all and then the fact look and then another thing first of all why did damn thor take lord why did thor take the hammer in the first place from another thor in a different timeline right that's the thor in a different time he like, said hold on i need my hammer he's like where my joint at right like where my joint at he took the hammer and then the seat cap Go back in time with it was like slow down now, homie. Right? Like, nah, dude, you ain't that that hammer you ain't don't belong together. The cap's out there flipping the hammer, hitting it with I mean flipping the, his shield, hitting it with the hammer. It's like come like he's been practicing. It's like, come on, man. Again, epic. 
but epic. I'm not taking away from because this is the thing when I said about this movie, good or bad, we were all us real fans were in it anyway. Right. Like I'm, I'm in it. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm in it. It's the same. We're gonna use some of the same things with Game of Thrones. I'm gonna poke holes at Game of Thrones too. But the, again, better out of the two for me was Game of Thrones. Oh, and here I go. I go the other way. I'm going to go in game was better than Game of Thrones. Although, keyword of this, epic. Both of them were epic. Um, I dug the movie. Um, I'm still into comic books and reading comic books and seeing different arcs and things like that. I think if you are doing that and you're not just a general MCU fan... Not saying the can is because he's a comic book guy too, but if you're a, uh, but if you have those same kind of questions, basically this was a lot of nods to story arcs in comic books. Biggest one, right? This is kind of a dual kind of a thing. When Captain America walked into the uh, elevator, you had a, a flashback to what? Winter Soldier. Obviously, he knows that all these guys are Hydra. Uh, Tony Stark was talking to Ant-Man, and Ant-Man was on the show to talk about, yeah, they, they're uh, they're Hydra. We didn't know. He's like, they look like bad guys, but we didn't know. But when he leaned over, was like, hell, Hydra. That's the story arc that Captain America was Hydra all these years. So I think it goes to the same thing but with that Captain... Was, what? But that... Man, I knew I that. Upright. I knew that. Oh, I, but no, no. Whatever. I'm a... No, for the last Captain, Captain the America hate book... Of the, the hate that you have for this no, movie no, is... But no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, the last Captain America series that came out back a year ago was Captain America was Hydra all Yes, along. yes. That's cool, but even saying that a nod, that a nod isn't enough that I had to go back in time for... It was clever. I mean, like, for... Yeah, I don't think I a think lot of people... I don't think a lot of people, when he did it, knew... Like, I knew when I watched it, I was like, okay, so this is supposed to pay homage to the fact that they did that in the comic book. But that was... It wasn't... Dope. But I think, well, there's a the thing, though. I think people who are not into that, they could either, they could have looked at it like, oh, wow, this is a callback. These are MCU fans I'm talking about. Not the comic book fans, but the MCU fans. That, that can be a callback to Winter Soldier. It's like, oh, it's kind of cool, but also, too, it's a nod to the different kind of arcs. Same thing. I think a lot of that was dropped in there, and I think maybe it could have upset a lot of people. Uh, to your question that you asked last week, which one was going to be the epic uh, battle, uh, between this and Game of Thrones, I will say this because I actually got to see, well, say I will say Endgame because I actually got to see the big boss man fight. Yes, I take this as a comic book movie. I'm into it. I'm here for it. I'm not. I'm not deep diving. Well, what you're saying is I don't care. Though. No, no, no. But this is the thing. Like, though. This is my stuff. So I'm in it regardless. No, I I get it. I'm not. I'm probably not the kind of a guy that's going to say I'm going to try to poke a hole, and, and there could be holes into it. But I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You said I don't care about that. I'm stuff. here for it. I just want to be entertained. Wanna, there you go. I want to be entertained. I want to be entertained. But no, there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you can still grade the entertainment. I'm not saying that. You, I'm not saying, saying that like, I can't. I, I get, I'm, I'm not saying I'm that fans, I can't. But even yeah. grading the entertainment. I mean, some of the things we do when we enjoy something, we we have a bias towards it. I feel like, and I said this to you, your biasness, and we knew this. You, you a hard biased dude is going to pop out because even using the the, the the hell Hydra thing, it's there. It was too much. This 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 franchise is too good for bullshit time travel. It it, it just it is. See that's what that's the thing though. I think with a lot of people when it because the um, Russo brothers actually dropped a hint to this before Infinity War. They said it's going to be a time heist, and that's exactly what it was. You're going to end game. It was a time heist. Whenever you introduce time travel, it can throw everything off, even for things talking about time in the future. So, yeah, they had to come up with something that seems at least their own. 
They could poke fun at other things, but they tried to have they tried to come up with something of their own. So listen, I yes. didn't need Ocean Eleven Avengers. Like, in all fairness, okay, yeah. let's go with that. Ocean Eleven can be entertaining, mm-hmm. but it's corny too. I didn't need that in my Avengers. Like, look, this look. This, How real do you think a comic book movie? It's not about get? look, look, look. Let's stop. You talking about time? No, 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 no. Let's. I'm not. You keep trying to use that. That it's a comic book as an excuse to give in and out. I'm even using that. You, they're still not going based off of the time travel parameters that they set up themselves. So that that excuse doesn't hold because up with they that. can't do because they, they can, can't. No, no, they they, actually you can, can have you these. can try to try to fit or, or no. try to work comp, time travel so much. But if you're trying to if you're trying to set up a Ending the way you want to set up an ending to a movie, and you have caps in on the bench. No, you're going. It's like it, it's not going to always fit. You together. don't put the. In, but look, you don't put that ending in there in the same manner. You could have done the same thing. Cap could have came right back on that pedestal, had his mask on, we couldn't see, and thought he was. It was Cap again. Took it off and been the old man. Motherfucker be like, what? And he'd be like, man, I lived my life out, and it wouldn't have broke their own rule. Look, I'm just. Look, look, look. But he could have. He probably did do what he was supposed to do. He no, no, put. He returned all. I the just stones. Don't, I'm not. No. No one. Said and he didn't. That's mm-hmm. not that's not the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. The point that I'm making is they with with the Saucer Supreme established the rule. They made sure that when we got to her, we had an actual model of what the rule yes, was. Yes, yes. The point that I'm making is even if you do time travel, stick to the parameters that you set. All they had to do was have Cap return the same way, and I couldn't use, I couldn't poke a hole at that. But he bit, bro, he he he's in an alternate reality. How the hell is he in their reality? Because well, I don't know. Because I can't say because. But the main thing was even to the to the sorcerer, which he she was telling uh, Bruce Banner because she knocked you know knocked him out of the Hulk body. All this was predicated around the stones being back where they needed to be. That was it. It was only the stones. So he so if he if so if Captain America went back and replaced the stones, not saying that you're wrong, I'm just trying to play a little devil advocate. Mm-hmm. If he went back and he replaced all the stones. Could it have been that he can now just live no, his life? No, that's not what. But that's he not the point. He can time jump. He can time jump with no, the watch. That's not the point that they they made. They uh, they went into it early with saying you can't go back and change time. Don't talk to yourself. They used the old time paradox thing. Right. Don't talk to yourself or whatever. He went back and totally altered. I thought he said that. I thought they said that you could. Like it, no, that didn't matter. They were like, don't. They, they were like the, the fact that they broke because they. I know what you think. They broke the rule and he saw himself. And then he says, "Bucky's alive and doing it." They were like, "Don't." Basically, the butterfly effect. Don't go back because that's the reason why they didn't go back to when they fought Thanos. I thought it didn't matter. No, that's that's the major reason why they said what we're going to do is bring everybody back to 2023. We're not going to try to go back there because we don't know what we can mess up. That was the whole premise of what their plan was. We cannot mess up time. We don't. We're going to use this to do this, and we're going to get out of here so we won't mess it up. And then they showed different ways that you can alter time. And if you alter time, you start a different timeline. Cap should not have been in their timeline. Mm-hmm. He started a different different timeline yeah. that's my biggest part they established that if they didn't establish it i wouldn't have a problem you set the parameters and you told me what it was i would prefer for you to stick to it then the the, the, the heist thing look oh, ocean 11 is corny i don't need it look they could have still went back in time i'm not saying you can't go back in time that's automatically bad i love back to the future growing up i'm not saying that any time movies are bad mm-hmm. movie. there have been some movies that did time pretty good i i feel mm-hmm. like i just feel like if you were going to do that you could have still done it and, a, and sometimes with a serious, a more serious tone. I, I just felt like what had taken place, deserve, and I'm a person, I've been through a lot in life, and I'm a person that tr- has a dark humor and tries to, to, to try to, bem- to con- 
protect myself when using humor from bad situations. So I'm not saying that you can't make light in dire situations, but it, it went a tad bit too far for me. I think, I think Infinity War was just, if you're saying it was hokey, that had a lot of comedy, a lot of points. It was kind of like, okay, we don't need all that. If you want to say that, I think Infinity War was the same. But damn the war thing had is. see the thing, but it wasn't as serious because half of the world hadn't been killed, half of their friends had like so. Uh, even when you're saying that, it's like, dude, it, it, I'm still crack jokes if something happened to mm-hmm. you. But there's gonna be a darker tinge to everything, just like that little boy, like the great the, the great scene when Lang sees the little boy asking what's going on. Yeah, and the little boy's just like, man, get the fuck out of here. Right, right, like that's how people would feel in that situation yeah. when half of, half of the world is gone. Like we're not talking about like ten percent. The world's been halved, right? And then the, the fact that Spider Man whole clique got that hope. That like, first of all, Thanos hurts black people. All right, he took out the whole hierarchy of Wakanda. Like Shuri didn't live. The mama was gone. Like he was like, oh, you like you Wakandans. Snap, 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 snap. He, so I know that, and we'll get to Game of Thrones hates for the blackies too. I felt like Game of oh, Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones had uh, South Park the movie yeah. Uh, yeah. parts to it. Yeah. Uh, but then the fact that, and we all know, because so we've seen the, the upcoming uh, uh, preview for uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So uh, Spider Man's whole crew. Like, at least I was telling you last night, at least Flash could have aged five years. Like, everybody named Mama got snapped away, and we've seen too many times the randomness of the snapping that usually a click, some people in a click, they, they, didn't, they didn't decimate the whole click. It looked like Thanos' snap, if you want to say, was random. When everybody else on the adventure side, Hulk, Tony, their snap was kind of like... I'm thinking of what I want, then I'm going to snap. Oh, his thought wasn't random at all. That was his Who? plan. Who? Thanos' plan was to use to cull the, the galaxy, the yeah, universe. Yeah, no, no, that's, so that's it wasn't, it wasn't haphazard. He, he, Thanos was planning this whole time well, that I'm going to sit there and too many resources are being used up. Right. I'm going to have. So that's it the randomness of him just doing it. I'm saying. Why is it about, I, how is it random? Because he his whole thing is I don't care who it is i'm just going to snap and it's going to be half when you look at hawk when he and he said this man i tried to bring back scarlet well black widow i tried to do it so it seems as if whenever you're snapping you're thinking about who you want to get rid of because when tony said i am iron man who disappeared it wasn't the avengers it wasn't nobody on the good side it was everybody that was on the bad side it was whatever you wished that's what i'm saying whatever you wish but it wasn't i'm just saying Neither were necessarily random is the point that I'm trying to make. I think Thanos because, is random. No, Thanos, Thanos wasn't. If you're saying the randomness is who was selected, that right. that but that doesn't work because clearly the the Avengers were bringing back everyone who died. So it wasn't because like, that's who they wished. But that's what they were going to wish. They were wishing to undo what Thanos did, though. The, the point that I'm saying that, that neither are random is what I'm trying to say. Thanos wasn't. I didn't know. I'm saying that the Hulk, the, that the Hulk and Iron Man were not random. I'm saying Thanos because he didn't give a care because he's just a maniacal monster. He, he snapped. He didn't. He didn't care. It was like it's half y'all anyway. So my job is. Done. I'm not Boom. complaining. I'm, but yeah. the point that I'm the, their snaps weren't different from his snap. It was their snap was just to undo his snap. That's all their snap was. It was to undo his snap. It was hey yeah. I I did a snap I undid I'm right, not gonna right. say but, but I want to bring saying, back my friends but yeah that's all I'm saying so it wasn't yeah. the, but I'm, I'm just using randomness I, I I get what you're saying he didn't select who no, necessarily select. was gone they they selected but, but they weren't necessarily selecting their selection was to undo his they weren't gonna they weren't gonna be like hey but don't bring back so and so like no theirs was just restored the earth to what restore the universe to what it was pre Thanos okay I liked it Ken didn't 
Right. No, I, yes. no I, I liked it. I didn't. And I went, I'm, I'm, look, I can sit there and like something and still critique it. Mm. So I, I thought it was epic. There were parts of me that made me somewhat emotional. Um, no, I thought, I mean, but. It, a lot of cheering and some tears dropping in uh, my thing. But, but. Ryan, what did you think? Ryan. Really quick overall. I'm not as big in the Marvel universe as you guys are. I haven't mm-hmm. seen all the movies. I've seen majority and all the ones that I would say are critical. Mm-hmm. I've seen all them, but not everything. So I kind of came into Infinity War really late. I came into it this year before I had seen it before. Oh, wow. And so I was ready for Endgame because Infinity War blew me away. Yes. Okay. That was yes. like, whoa. That so this is what Marvel's like, doing yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking about Endgame like... I probably won't like it as much as we talked about before. Everybody's just going to be brought back with mm-hmm. a snap, and it's going to be like, la-di-da, nothing happened. The heroes what win. Up? And I was really afraid of that. I, I don't like that with movies. I don't like just, let's wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. I hate when movies kind of do that at the end. And overall, being more of less invested in it, I liked it, but I get what you're saying, Ken, because mm-hmm. I was trying to compare it to something. It is epic. Like, I was thinking Lord of the Rings kind of epic. That's but cool. yeah. I don't yeah. know if the movie lives up to any of the individual movies of Lord of the Rings if you stack them Ooh. in terms of acting, script, and everything else. I'm with else. you on that. Yeah. Except the in, uh, Lord of the Rings got too damn long. Right. That third one. But yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And so... Maybe the third one. And also, yeah. too, they based it off the books. I think with Marvel, it's a lot of liberties they have taken sure. and kind of deviated from the And book. it's a different tone. Yes. It's a different... It's like you guys it's said, Disney. There is hokiness to it. That's yeah. always been a part of it from yeah. day one. Iron Man 2008. I love time travel movies, so I'm super biased when it comes to that stuff. So I loved the story itself, Mm -hmm. and I can understand why people had a problem with it, and certainly I don't like hearing the inconsistencies that you're bringing up, Mm -hmm. but overall I love time travel movies, so I had no problem with it. And I I just thought it had this epicness. The, The fight was basically everything you wanted in the end. I thought Thanos just lived up to being one of the ultimate villains in comic book movie history. Yeah. They didn't come back without sacrifice, losing Iron Man, basically losing Captain America, and then losing no, Black Widow. No, they didn't basically lose Cap. Cap he, quit. He didn't die. I guess oh, that's yeah, what he I didn't die. Didn't right. You know, you may not be a threat, but you better stop pretending to be a hero. A hero? Like you? You're a laboratory experiment, Rogers. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. Yeah, he didn't Let's die. see how we give him passes. <laughs> he, he, he didn't die. I'm with he you. didn't die. Yeah. I did not like... How it ended, uh, first thing, when I saw The Old Man, I thought that was Tony. And I was like, oh, my God, this oh, movie no. just ended in the Cap. worst way possible. And then I realized it was Cap. It was Cap. And I was like, okay. It right, was I'm always Cap was always this. going back to the past. We knew that for yeah, about the last years. two years. Yeah. He was going to end up going I back to 1945. But um, look, real quick, it was something that you just said that uh, jumped out to me, one of the another points that I didn't uh, care for. I, oh, man, it just. It was a Hulk not fighting Thanos? Thank you, D, so much. I love you. Hulk who basically went to counseling in his own head Mm -hmm. to get over what Thanos did by punking him out. And listen, I've wanted since all these Hulk movies, and when we were here on Saturday and Tony was just in Hulk movies, I'm with him. Not to say that some of them have been kind of straight. I don't know if I've seen the last one. But um, I've been waiting for Professor Hulk. I've, when I first, when I was got into comic, well, not when I got in, but later in my, before I stopped reading comic books and I would just pick up Hulk, it was Professor Hulk, right? And it was like, oh, this is so dope. Banner and the Hulk, and he wasn't goofy. He was like, the ladies love, like, he was dope. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted, like, when are they going to finally give me that Hulk or whatever? And he didn't get one punch on the man that is out? Where's your gun? 
I don't know. We should have been having a thing. There's no time for a thing. That's the thing right there. Let's go. Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Come on, man. That, that, that. that I totally agree with you. Yeah, that I love totally the character, but I did not like how there was no shred of Hulk destroying things other than the flashback of the first Avengers. Right. Yeah, or yeah. when he was mad that Black Widow was dead. Yeah, yeah he, threw right. the, he threw the bench across mm-hmm. the run. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I, I wish they would have done more with that character. It's a lot of things. I mean, I was even watching something that had a lot of people not really... Uh, they didn't like the way that Black Widow went out in the sense of like, corny. man, it was corny. It was like, man, it's like the fight itself and sacrificing, but you can kind of tell the way they kind of set up over the past five years how she's trying to keep them together. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the point that they can get the soul stone. It's kind of like, you know what? I've done my part. I can get everybody together. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sacrifice myself. It was a battle between so her and that uh, bastard Clint. Murderous Clint. Yeah. Who and, should and, be in jail? And, <laughs> right? Murderous Clint. And he and he was saying, like, listen, to your point, he was saying, like, man, I've done a lot. I no, no, no. I it, it should be me. But a lot of people, majority from what I've been seeing and reading uh, and hearing is from women. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. Y'all do her so wrong. You don't let her character develop. She said, I was actually going back and forth with not going back and forth, but agree with uh uh probably Henny uh Omega, probably Pierce, but whoever's running the Barber Char- Barber's Chair Network on Twitter. She Black Widow should have had a solo movie years ago. It's still incoming. Yeah, but the thing is, they they did not let her character, in my opinion, really develop over the years. Mm-hmm. And also, too, it seems like Scarlett Johansson, like, you know what? I'm done with the whole group thing. Let me rock on my own prequel. Let me rock on my own movie. But damn, they off the murder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and it's it was just, stupid. I mean, for them to fight over who was going to jump to their death and th- for him to be over the edge and then she grabs him, it's just like, it puts it the thing. It's like, come on, man. Like, it actually took away from the sadness that the moment could have had. For real. The fight? No, just the just it it was too playful, and I know it wasn't been play. It was just at at a moment when someone was going to sacrifice themselves like that. It kind of just took away from it, and you like you couldn't feel Clint's sorrow at the end because of all that messing around before who's going to die, who's going to die, who's going to die. It would I would it would have been a, a nice somber moment. Had look if let's just even say had had he said I was going to walk off. And like, let's just say right before she comes and be like, let me just give you a hug, hits him with a stunner. And as he's incapacitated, just and la- like he he's down on the ground and all you see is her feet running towards the edge. I, I think it could have been a, a much more somber moment had they not, especially for it to go like three, flip three different times. I think, I think to your point, you look at how Thanos killed Gamora. Yes, yes. It, it was, was kinda, touching. It was kind of like. Oh yeah, you gotta do. You gotta get rid of somebody that you love, whatever like that. And and that and that point, that scene right there when he turned around and you looked at his face like, holy! It showed God, you he like, had emotion whoa. too. Showed you he oh, had yeah, for, yeah. For, to be a Mark villain. Ruffalo, I'm not Mark Ruffalo. Um, Josh Brolin. Josh yeah. Brolin. It showed you, but it showed you that, that even as treacherous <sighs> as Thanos Excellent. is, and how bad we knew he treated his daughters, is it, and we know he treated Nebula worse than Gamora. Mm-hmm. But it showed you that he truly cared. Going to your point, and I know that Clint and Black Widow were close, but that wasn't his wife or his kids. Like Budapest. It's all about Budapest. Okay. That was talking about. I mean, that's that's when they was working each other. Yeah, yeah. But spies. That's just see, like I think that that's kind of the thing though. Like 
when you're looking at this Marvel comic universe and you're not as into it, I get what you're saying because mm-hmm. dark is more interesting than light when it comes to it TV is. Especially and movies. layers of it dark. Is. Exactly. It is. And seeing Thanos, like you said, show that vulnerable moment and he is just this doing everything he wants to do. I thought nothing was out of place. Like I expected that fight between those two because that is what Marvel's kind of done the whole time. You can fight. But see, it's a thing. It's You can fight. But it doesn't have to be. I agree playful. with you. Yeah. I, I think it would have yeah. been better you if there was just. Fall. Yeah, I, I'm going. Yeah, well, or, mm. and the one person stops them, right? And that person dies, and it's like I thought I was going to die. And especially, you could have used that moment for the other person to, to confront that 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 they were used, they were facing their mortality and were really giving up. But their friend superseded them and jumped. You, you, it's, it didn't. When Clint woke up. You could have just been better for that. You, it could have been more emotional than that. That's I agree. just that's just my. I, I loved it when uh, Thanos sent uh, Nebula in there. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm going to wait. I'm like, oh. Oh, that yeah, was that's, dope. That's, that's badass. I, no, right I said it when he said it. That's badass. When, she, right when she said it, I said, he's going to wait. Yeah. I, when we moved there, I was like. And he's he, just sitting down there. It's like, man, y'all just couldn't leave well enough alone, huh? He's fighting the Joker for best villain in a comic book movie ever. Mm. Which Joker? Heath Ledger? Mm-hmm. He f- Heath Ledger up. No, no. <laughs> Fighting, not fighting, fighting. Uh, that's that's. Listen, imagine the Joker. I'm just saying this again. The, the Batman and his silly ass villains. You got Thanos. We're talking no, about the character. I'm just still saying, but who's gonna fight Thanos? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you what. Um, what I'm for. You just said, who's the best villain? Right? Me. We're downtown recording 670 to score. If I walk out here on Stetson, it's dark. It. I go into an alley. Thanos pop up in that bad boy or the Joker. Who do you think I'm laughing at? Now, the Joker jump out, I'm be like, I'm about to knock you out. Thanos don't pop out. But all you're going to hear is the pitter-patter of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this nine-foot purple dude? Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm up. The Joker, some crazy white boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially if he hadn't upped the pistol yet. I'm about to, I'm about to you up. Or, or the question, hit an M right there. Or. <laughs> it's a couple. <laughs> or is a question who's who probably portrayed a villain better. Was it Heath Ledger or uh, Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin, man. He killed it. He killed it with this role, man. It he was it. He, he killed it. That was that was a great portrayal. That was a great portrayal of a supervillain. And how he fades away at the end, I thought that was perfect. He just knew. He's like, damn, he yeah. got me. And he sat down like, man, this, this is it. And he just dusted away. He should have been like, I, have oh! a, I don't feel right, Mr. Stark. That's what he should have said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, I think... To go back to what I was saying before, like top grocery movies, man, I don't know if it's going to catch uh, Avatar or Titanic, but it's definitely going to hit two million. It definitely has a chance to get Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see it again. I do too. I want to know Bootleg. No, I go, I go pay for it. I, would, I, yeah, I go I pay to go see pay it again. again. I definitely go pay Hell to get see it again. Hell no. I definitely go pay to go see it again. And listen, like I said, it's going to. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna do very well. It's gonna be do very well in the theaters. And uh, what's also crazy is how how powerful Disney is. One, two, three, four, four out of the top ten movies of all time are Marvel Disney movies. Man, Disney Plus coming soon. Yeah, it was also it was also kicked off Loki, his series. Clint and his daughter Hawkeye kicked off that series. Mm-hmm. Also, same thing with uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon kicked off that series as well. One and, of the things I saw yeah. said that that Loki that may not be the Loki that we see in um, the series, though. It could be past. Yeah, yeah it could be past. Oh yeah, and also um, Scarlet Witch and Vision. 
which is supposed to take place now in the 50s. In 50s, which is kind of like, okay, how is that going to happen? Which is tell you that it's not in the 50s. She created alternate universe. She, you know what she can do. It's all them. It. It's her. We're going at the end of the show, she's going to be like, you like, you made all of this up like the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you made all of this up. Yeah, it's WandaVision. Yeah, That's so look, uh, real quick, we're going to switch over, get back into a little bit of hoops. Sean Devaney from the Sport News is going to join us to break down the NBA playoffs and also the upcoming NBA draft. This is the Dan Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show right now on the line, recording on the 670 score. We have Sport News NBA writer Sean Devaney joining us. Sean, look, I guess the first question we opened up this show talking about the Rockets officiating complaints. Yeah. Uh, looking at your timeline, I uh, see so you retweeted a comment as far as the Rockets basically need to shut up and play. What? <laughs> What are your thoughts on the complaints? Is this a, a, a game of gamesmanship? We've seen here. We're from Chicago, so we've seen Phil Jackson do it in the past. Yeah. Oh, or is there some validity to the fact that there's no space for James Harden to come down after his jump shot? Uh, you know, there is some some validity to it. Uh, you know, and 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 certainly the complaints are going to uh, keep coming because uh, uh, there's a feeling in Houston that 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 will work. Uh, but I think that part of the problem is is that. Uh, you know, Harden goes down so many times, uh, whether the guy's in his space or not. Uh, and, and I think as a referee, you kind of get tired of calling it. And, and, and you get to a point where, um, you know, if, if, if the guy is flopping so much, uh, you start to say, you know, I, I've, I've got to toughen him up here. I can't, I can't let him just keep, keep doing that. And, and, and many, many of the times he does it, it's, it, it's not a foul. So, uh, you know, part of it is on Harden himself, uh, because if you're if you're flopping all through the first and second quarters, and then you don't get those calls in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, you, you should probably look in the mirror a little bit because uh, because you've put that seed of doubt in the referee's head, and I, and I think that that's something that, uh, uh, that 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 Harden does a little too much, uh, and 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 I think that uh, because of the complaints, it winds up being much more in the heads of the Rockets than it is in the Warriors. So uh, I, I, I think that uh, if, if anybody's getting psyched out here at Houston, uh, not, uh, not Golden State and not the rest. Speaking of the Warriors and, and the fact that they're taking on Houston, which is one of the teams that we, we all expect they're not going to lose in the playoffs or the finals, but Houston's been looked at as a favorite as far as to beat them. Outside of Houston, if you have Houston, what team do you give the best odds to take down Golden State? Yeah, you know, it's probably Boston. Actually, uh, you know, I, I, I and I'm not sure the East uh, uh, is is there for the taking for the Celtics, but I think a matchup against the Celtics. I've, I've, I've talked to uh, some folks with the Warriors, and uh, and and that's probably the team they fear the most. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure the Celtics. Uh, you know, if they get past Milwaukee, uh, could get past uh, t- Toronto with the uh, with the personnel that Toronto has. Uh, but but the versatility of the Celtics, the guys like Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown, uh, certainly Al Horford is is sort of a uh, more mature version, uh, maybe a little less talented of uh, of, of of Draymond Green. Uh, so you know, the, the matchups that the Celtics present, uh, I think, are what would scare the, the Warriors the most. Uh, of course, we've seen over the course of the year that uh, uh, the Celtics have at times been the, their own worst enemy, uh, and that could be something that uh, uh, that eventually catches up with them. Like I said, I don't think they match up that that well with Toronto, uh, but I think if Boston were able to sneak through uh, and get to the NBA Finals, I think that, uh, uh, that 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 they could probably give the Warriors the best uh, uh, the, the best uh, series out of any of the other teams left. 
I agree. Dean Davis on the line right now. Sean Devaney. Follow him at Sean Devaney. Uh, look, real quick, speaking of Boston, you have that series going to seven in Boston winning. At what point, well, if you have, did you come, I guess you have, come back to Boston? Because at the beginning of the year, I thought Boston had the best odds to beat Golden State. But then this whole year, and some of it is, is, is with the coaching, and definitely with Kyrie and his decision, and the young players wanting to shine more, when did you think Boston could click again? Was it when the playoffs started, or did you feel like they can never get everything back in tow? Yeah, I think it, I think it was when the playoffs started, and 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 I, I came into the playoffs thinking, you know, the Celtics had a chance uh, uh, to, to to go to the NBA Finals, uh, or they had a chance to lose in the first round. I mean, just from what we've seen in them throughout the course of the year, you know, either one of them would say, yeah, well, that kind of makes sense. Uh, they've been so up and down; they've been uh, really their own worst enemy at times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 it's it's certainly. Uh, uh, an unpredictable bunch, uh, but you know I think what gives them an advantage in the playoffs is, is like I said, they do have the versatility. They're able to create matchups, uh, matchup problems for other teams, and handle the mismatches that other teams want to create uh, better than just about anybody else. Uh, so it becomes a matter of can you put your egos aside, uh, which they weren't able to do during the regular season, uh, and 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 just focus at the task at hand. Uh, so far, uh, you know certainly through the Indiana series, they were able to do that. Uh, you know, that's that's something that that going forward, uh, you you really got to uh, uh, keep an eye on. But uh, uh, but so far, you know, Brad Stevens has been able to do uh, what he does best, which is like I say, matchup problems, create matchup problems, X's and O's. Brad Stevens is not uh, a locker room guy. He's not a rah rah guy. He's not a guy who's going to throw chairs, which is something they might have needed. Uh, you know, just in terms of those chemistry issues. But now that we're in the playoffs, I think you can see Brad Stevens do some of the things he does best, uh, and, uh, and and that's why you got to give them an advantage. Sean, uh, sticking with the series of with the Bucks and the Celtics, uh, what adjustments do you think the Bucks need to make to get past, or even just even at the series to keep it a series against the Celtics? Well, I, I mean, look, if, if the Celtics are going to give, you know, going forward, going back to Boston and, and throughout this thing, are going to give Giannis and Santacumpo the kind of attention that they have, uh, you know, Al Horford is pretty well equipped. Uh, uh, you know, nobody can completely stop Giannis, and, and certainly he missed some shots uh, uh, early on uh, in the series. But, uh, you know, he, he's really a guy who, uh, uh, if you can meet him up at the free throw line, have a guy sort of waiting behind him. so. so so Al Horford meets him first up near, uh, you know, between the free throw line and the three point line. They've got another guy cheating over. Uh, they're paying so much attention uh, to Giannis uh, that that some of these other guys they've got to be able to attack. They've got to be able to recognize uh, when their shots aren't falling. Uh, go to the rim. You know, you can't stand out there and and, and shoot three pointers throughout the whole series. Uh, you know, you'll look up and and you'll be waiting to get hot, and it'll be game four. You know, so so they've got to be more aggressive. A guy like Eric Bledsoe is. A good example, uh, you know Sterling Brown, who was uh, I believe one for seven in in, in game one. Uh, you know maybe you play Brook Lopez a little bit, be- uh, a little less. Uh, he's not much of a factor uh, uh, in this series just just because of his style of play. So you know I think that there are so, some things that are there for Milwaukee to do, uh, but it's basically how they react uh, to what the Celtics are doing to Giannis, uh, and, and and if they keep giving him that level of of attention, then then these other guys have to be 
more aggressive. D and David Show recording right here at 670 Score Me. We're on the phone right now, we're on the line right now with Sean Devaney of Sport News, NBA writer for them. Uh, thoughts on the Raptors in the 76ers series? Uh, the Raptors was able to tie that series up last night. Uh, Ken and I was out actually watching the game, and Kyle Lowry went Kyle Lowry <laughs> in the last like few <laughs> seconds. Not a good thing mm-hmm. to say about a guy, but yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. didn't come up big right now. But thoughts on that series? Yeah, you know, I think I think Philadelphia. What a, what a great job by Brett Brown uh, to put some of those guys in different situations and really. Uh, I, I don't think Toronto really knew what what hit them. Uh, you know, they put Tobias Harris, uh, who's got about a twenty five pound uh, weight difference and 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 gives up five or six inches uh, to Marcus Saul, but they put him on Marcus Saul for most of that game. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty bold. They they, they moved Ben Simmons over uh, to guard Kawhi. Leonard. Now, Leonard still had a good game, but having Ben Simmons on him allows you to put some, to, to, to get some other guys uh, into favorable matchups, you know, so you get Jimmy Butler guarding Kyle Lowry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I really thought that uh, uh, the, the way that, that Philadelphia adjusted the matchups, I thought, uh, uh, was really, really good. Uh, you know, it, I, I was looking at the numbers, and, and Tobias Harris, like I said, giving up all that height and weight, uh, he guarded Marcus Allen, something like 36 possessions. Marcus Saul took only one shot against Tobias Harris. Now, wow. granted, they were they were sending double teams, but but you still have to you know get down in the post and 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 make them pay if they're going to do that. Uh, and that was something that Toronto just didn't do. Sean, let me ask you this: sticking with Philadelphia, uh, sometimes I look at that team and I feel like there's too many ingredients. And when they brought in Jimmy and they brought in Tobias right away, that Brent Brown was still trying to figure out what he was doing with his two cornerstones. How would you rate his coaching job this year? And if it has been a problem, has it been a problem due to him or do the front office trying to win it so early? And, and even though I know Embiid is injury prone, but so early in these young players' career. Yeah, no, I think you make a good point that, that they didn't really let anything kind of grow organically. You know, see see what Dario Sarge uh, could bring. You know, and, and I understand making the trade for, for Jimmy Butler, but but then to, to, to add the trade for Tobias Harris, I thought, you know, that was that was maybe swinging too much because, uh, you know, you gave up future draft picks. Um, you know, you don't really have the role players that you'd be looking for. Uh, you, you know, they, they, they really, uh, uh, I think they got a little, uh, a little bit of an itchy trigger, trigger finger, uh, you know, sort of the opposite of, of, of Sam Hinkie, you know, sort of the opposite of the process where, where they just said we'll be bad for, for five years. They tried to say we're going to be great in one year, and, and I just don't know that that's a, a good approach. They gave up an awful lot to bring these guys. So that I mentioned uh, Sarich, Robert Covington was a great uh, uh, role player for them. Uh, they gave up first-round draft picks going forward. Uh, Landry Shamit, who played very well for the Clippers and was playing a rookie, um, you know, so they give up a lot of young assets uh, to to put everything into this team. And you know, when you when you're ranking the four teams at the top of the East, I think you still have Philadelphia number four, as good as they looked uh, against Toronto in, in in game two. And you know, that's that's is that really why you gave up all those assets? I totally agree, Sean. I enjoy your state of the team right now articles for the Sport News, and one that jumped out to me was the OKC one. Uh, definitely later on, we're going to unfortunately have to talk about the Bulls. But looking at OKC, like the fact that they were beaten by a team that I would say last year, a lot of us thought, well, they're going to have to break up that backcourt when it comes to Dame, Dame Litter mm-hmm. and CJ McCollum. 
and looking at your article talking about what OKC can do and how cash-strapped they are, and uh, we always know the the option if if the money is an issue is get rid of the coach. Mm-hmm. What's the state of that team? Because you got a, a you have a, a player that's hard to coach who's phenomenal, but when it, when it comes to efficiency and winning, he's not the guy. Russell Westbrook. Thank you. And then you have PG, and it seems like they're going to be stuck in NBA purgatory moving forward. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can't beat Portland uh, with with Portland having lost uh, Yusuf Nurkic and, and 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 having moved much of their uh, not not much but but having moved a significant amount of their offense uh, over to Nurkic in order to to lighten the load in the playoffs on Lillard and, and McCollum, uh, and you can't beat that. Not only you can't beat it, but but you got beaten bad in that series. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't know, I don't know where you go from here because you don't have any like you say, you have no cash uh, to add play. Uh, you, you know your draft picks are limited. Uh, you're going to draft in the in the twenties. Um, you know you're going to be relying on on getting lucky uh, with with second round picks and things like that. Uh, and that's that's not a way to move forward. Uh, you know, and, and so the, I think obviously they're going to fire the coach. I'd, I'd be shocked if Billy Donovan comes back. Then, then you start to say, okay, what if it's not the coach? You know, do you trade Russell Westbrook? Well, he's not getting any younger, and and, and he's got a, a a mega contract there. You know, getting forty million dollars a year. Uh, who's going to trade for him? You know, who's going to want? Uh, Take basically to take the problems that that he's giving Oklahoma City now uh, and take them on their own team, you know. So it's 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 really going to be uh, uh, tough going forward for this team. I know everybody was so excited when they when they brought in uh, Paul George last summer, uh, but it, it really hasn't worked out well uh, for that franchise. Uh, and like I say, if I'm Clay Bennett, the owner, I'm going to start looking at my luxury tax bills and say, wait, 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 who's making these decisions? Here? Because, <laughs> because he's not getting much of a return on his investment. Do you think if Billy Donovan is released that he'll get another job in the NBA? Of course, in the past, there was the interest at Orlando, and he almost took that job when Dwight Howard was there. Yeah. But in, in the NBA circles right now, and it, are people rating his job based on the fact that Russell Westbrook is hard to get in, to, get, to get through, or is it still that he's supposed to be a good enough coach to do it and he's a college coach that didn't get it done? I think the view of him is that he's a college coach, and and um, you know all things considered, uh, look, he 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 made the leap into the NBA. He was very reluctant to do it at first. Uh, like you say, he took the took the uh, Orlando job, then backed out uh, a few years. I think, geez, that's six seven years ago now. But uh, but still, you know, he he was very reluctant to get into the NBA game. Uh, the money's much better. Uh, you don't have to worry about recruiting. Uh, so I think he's he's gone to the NBA. He's Got the experience. He's made the money. I think he'd much rather go back to college. Um, you know, t- talking to people who know him, I think that's that's that that's where his thought is. Um, and and certainly when you ask around uh, uh, among personnel people, among uh, general managers and such, uh, that's the view of him. Is that uh, uh, that that when he gets another job, it'll be a uh, a job in the NCAA. Sean, you uh, you and Ken, well, Ken brought up the, the team that Oklahoma City went out to. That would be the Portland Trailblazers. They're taking on the Denver Nuggets right now. Uh, that series is uh, Denver has uh, won the first game. But the question is, how serious should I'm, – I'm, I'm predicting here, and I think I'm right about this, that Golden State's probably going to be Houston. How serious should they take either one of these teams? Good young teams. Portland's been in the third seed for quite a long time. You look at Denver uh, with Joker, man. He's out there. He's really doing his thing. Got a nice supporting cast around him. How serious uh, should whoever the Portland Trailblazers or Denver Nuggets uh, face in the next round? How serious should they take them? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think either one of them has a real chance to beat Golden State. Uh, you know, certainly the Nuggets got clobbered by the Warriors uh, in the regular season, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, Portland has played them pretty well. But I, I don't know that uh, that that in a seven game series, the Blazers would have a chance. The one thing that would scare me if I was the Warriors is that the longer these playoffs have gone on, and you saw it in the first round. If you watch that first round series, San Antonio against Denver, Denver came out like deer in headlights, and I, and I remember watching them at one point and saying, you know, they don't have a chance to beat the Spurs. The Spurs are too cool-headed. Uh, you know, they're veteran. Uh, they're, they're going to win this thing. Uh, and uh, and Denver, as that series went on, got better and better uh, and, and, and started to kind of take control of the stage and, and, and wasn't, all of a sudden that team wasn't scared uh, of, uh, of where they were. Uh, so the longer that the Nuggets play, uh, especially if they get in a situation in the conference finals where they've got nothing to lose, I think they're going to get. I, I, you're going to see them get better uh, throughout this these playoffs. We've already seen it, uh, and if they get deeper and deeper, going up against uh, Portland, and they and they get the Warriors again, uh, you know, I, I I really think that uh, uh, Denver's going to be a team that that, that I'd be afraid of uh, just because of the way they sort of changed uh, as these playoffs has gone on. I don't think that they can beat the Warriors, but 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 that would scare me a little bit if I was Golden State. D and David show recording right here at 670 score on the line right now with Sean Devaney of Sport News. And just sticking with Golden State, the one thing is, if, I'm with you. I think, I, I, uh, obviously, they're the heads on favor to win it all. But their defense has been kind of shaky so far, especially going up against the last series and the Clippers. There's a lot of blown, huge blown leads against uh, the Clippers. They was come back, but they won the series 4-2. But also, too, looking at uh, some injuries, like Klay Thompson isn't really that healthy. Uh, just looking at Golden State, how hard of a uh, of a challenge do you think? I mean, it, they're going for their third championship in a row. But looking at as far as defense, man, they're not going to make it any easy on themselves. No, they they haven't. Not 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 so far. Uh, and if you look at last year, one thing that happened last year is is they were around. I believe they were twelfth in defensive efficiency, uh, which was very low for them. You know, Steve Kerr since he had gotten there, they were something like uh, I think they were fourth and then first and then mm-hmm. second. You know, they they were such a good defensive team. Uh, and I, fatigue really did start to set in. And he, he's he's acknowledged this that that fatigue sets in, and and you kind of let them you let them play through it, and and, and you. As a coach, you understand you're not going to push them hard uh, all through January. Uh, you know when they're just worn down because they've been playing so much uh, because of all these long postseason runs. Uh, but but what happened last year is when the playoffs came around, they snapped back and they were number one in, in defensive efficiency. We haven't seen that from them this year, and that's got to be a big concern. The other big thing that always happens with them, and it happens during the regular season, then they usually clean it up in the playoffs, is the turnovers. A lot of them are silly turnovers. You know. 20 of them in game one uh, against Houston. Yeah. Uh, they do that all throughout the year. It drives Steve Kerr mad, but like I say, he understands that they're fatigued and that, that sometimes they try to make some fancy plays that they shouldn't, uh, but you can't carry them in the playoffs, and they're, they're, they're doing it at, the, at this point. Uh, and I think if I'm Steve Kerr, those are the things that, that concern me, as well as obviously, like you say, uh, the fact that uh, uh, two of your best players are, are not 100%. Sean, I know when you're doing a mock draft, you can't sit there and add in uh, where the balls drop and what team may not uh, be going right order depending on uh, their their record or whatever, but you really had the Bulls to have to stay at fourth. We couldn't get John Morant. <laughs> <laughs> if 
I'm John Morant, and I'm thinking I would like the Bulls to jump up. You know, I mean, like, like I would like them to jump up because uh, uh, he'd be a perfect fit for them, and and then he's exactly what they need. But uh, uh, yeah, they could get lucky because uh, you know, like I say, Cleveland. I don't think they'll. I think they saw enough from Colin Sexton that 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 they don't necessarily. They'd at least be willing to trade down. Uh, so you know, Cleveland's going to be up there, but I don't think that they're looking for a point guard necessarily. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm not sure that uh, uh, that they would. You know, that's at least one team. Atlanta could jump up, uh, and again, like if Atlanta jumps up and and the Bulls are are, are right behind them. You know, if it's if the Bulls are number three and, and number one is uh, you know Knicks and Atlanta, then then they're going to get Morant because you know that. They're not going to have uh, 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 this name is escaping me, of course. Now, uh, but but the point guard they drafted Trey last year, yeah, Trey yeah, yeah, Trey Young. They're not going to have Young and 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 Morant in there. So uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, there's still uh, enough teams that already have point guards uh, that that if I'm the Bulls, you know, there's still a chance. Even if you wind up at number three, uh, you could you, you could still wind up with Morant, even though he's he's uh, pretty clearly the second best player in this draft, son. You got something that's, uh, I consider, a pretty interesting read. Your book, Greed and Glory, The Rise and Fall of Doc Gooden, Lawrence Taylor, Ed Koch, Donald Trump, and the Mafia in the, uh, the 80s. For any of us that grew up in the 80s, that's a pretty interesting book right that's there. That's a pretty good line. You had me at Doc Gooden and Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. Tell yeah, you know, because the sports, the sports angle is always is always good. Uh, but what was going on in New York sports at the time did sort of reflect what was going on in the city of New York at the time, and, and even in the in the in the wider country. Uh, you know, where you had these these just these great star players that really captured uh, the imagination, and, and and you said, "Geez, these Mets are going to be great forever." Uh, and of course, you know they were they were both drug addicts. That's a like cocaine. Both, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was yeah. a lot of that going on. Uh, and Lawrence Taylor as well. Um, you know, so you had these these the, 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 this sort of the facade, and then you had sort of what was really going on behind. Uh, and 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 you know the mafia that that uh, uh, was still in power at the time, but that got brought down uh, in, in in 1985 and 1986. Um, you know, so you just had a lot of uh, a lot of interesting stories that all sort of uh, entangled and and it was fun to kind of go through and talk to people about that and and do some interviews and and do the research and and come up with uh, uh, you know all these separate stories that still somehow uh, intertwine. Where can everybody find the book, Sean? Well, Amazon.com. Nice. It's called Greed and Glory, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's been out. Uh, geez, about uh, I think about six months or a year now. Cool. Cool. Sean, hey, thank you so, so much for hopping on with us. Love to have basketball with you. Maybe when the draft comes up, you can hop back on with us. It sounds good. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Sean. And that was Sean okay. Debney of Sport News, NBA writer for them. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Debney. All right, we'll come on back. And uh, next up, we're going to have a little fun with Up for Grabs. All right, Ryan Pekovsky, his staple, his thing. d and Show. Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay Illa. Official Chicago Bears DJ, and you are listening to the D and Davis Show. Turn it up. D and Davis Show. We definitely want to thank Sean Devaney for joining us. We look forward to having him on in the future. Yes, yes. Right now, we're going to switch up to Up for Grabs, Ryan Bukovetsky's segment in our show. Ryan, uh, go ahead, take it over. All right, meanwhile, back at the draft, here is the DC pick. With the 15th pick. In the 2019 NFL Draft, the Washington select Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio 
Well, let's start off with the NFL draft since it was draft weekend. Mm -hmm. We have uh, all our analysis. We've talked to Eric Edholm earlier in the show. So let me ask you guys. The NFL draft is the ultimate predictor of success in the league. Problem is, it's hard to evaluate a draft any earlier than three years down the road. Since we don't have three years to wait, what teams do you think we will look back on and say they had one of the best drafts in 2019? Ooh, Pittsburgh. The Bush, the moving up to get Bush, That's thinking about one. what Ryan Shazier meant, especially in the passing game, coverage in there and all the space that he can cover. Uh, some people have raved about uh, what the uh, Packers, Packers have done. Um, Washington, I believe, also has had a, a good draft of this year. I mean, look, if you if you hit and got most of the guys, let's, let's remember, everyone's not going to um, pan out. But those are some of the teams looking at what they did, and they weren't scared or stuck to um, cons- a very conservative draft board. The teams that kind of went for it and took advantage of the fact, as we discussed earlier, some of the value that slipped with some of the mistakes early on. And not mistakes saying that those players are going to be failures, but mistakes is you you had a, a, a bad value on those people. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you could have... Pro- Look, I, I can't say that. I, if I say Daniel Jones is a reach and you could have came back in 17 and he was gone, then and that was your guy, you got to take your guy. But I think there was a good chance for you to sit there and get a rusher since you gave up Olivier Vernon where you traded him to the Browns. You could have got that and then went back and got your quarterback. So that that's suspect uh, to me. But there are teams, that, like I just mentioned, that took advantage of it. As we were talking to Eric at home... Listen, Washington was sweating bullets, right? And they got their, like, for everything you hear, Daniel Snyder is giving him the full RG3 hug. Like, you mine, buddy. I love you, right? <laughs> and, and it's funny because I was watching, I was listening or listening to something, and it was a person made a good point. I believe it was probably uh, uh, Riddick from ESPN. Lewis Riddick? Lewis Riddick. I always want to say Theo Riddick. Me too. Back. It always catches me. But I think it was Lewis Riddick. I love Lewis Riddick. If I owned a team, he would be my general manager. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever! He made the point that, you know what, the best case scenario for any player is to have a, a management behind you because if management's behind you, it basically forces the rest of the organization to go behind you to please management. And that's good for Dwayne Haskins. That um, even though some people in their draft room may, he may have not been the pick that they wanted, but for him to have Daniel Snyder, we remember the, the, the discord that was there between Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and RG3. And the discord was because they really didn't want him, but the owner wanted him. So and not to say that that's going to make mean it's going to pan out, but when you have an owner that really is really going to stick to you and perhaps Gruden can really get this kid to working up in the NFL, they, they had a nice draft, a team that I fondly called a slurs. You stole my thunder. I was going to go with Washington. I think, I think when Haskins falling to them, and be able to get two draft picks in the first round and be able to uh, really get something out of that. I would say Washington. Uh, the one team I am curious to see what happens just for the fun of it is Oakland because they reached up with uh, Farrell uh, out of Clemson. Although those Clemson, that front end, I mean, that front line, they all went like the first to the second round. No, it's one of them that didn't get drafted. I thought one of them got drafted. So out of the four, three of them got drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought all four got drafted. I'm sorry. Um... I'll double check to make Yeah, sure. but I, I I'm I'm curious to see what Oakland does because they're just so they're such a a uh, curious team to watch and especially with uh, John uh, Gruden there again. But I would say watch for the simple fact of me able to uh, just basically make the Giants look like fools 
and uh, be able to get uh, be able to get something out of that. So I mean, like what the Bears did, I think they should have went and looked at tight end. But you know, the league is going different ways, and Nagy, you don't know exactly what he's going to do with his offense. You're right. I'm thinking of offensive linemen from Clemson. The, uh, the D the D line did all go yes, uh, drafted. Right. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I would say Washington. I would say Washington, right? That's going to be three. I was going to go with Washington with this question just because you got Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback. I love the trade-up to get Montez Sweet, yep. a top pass rushing candidate at 26. That's mm-hmm. a ton of value like we talked about, Ken. That mm-hmm. was where value is at. I love Bryce Love, the running back in the fourth round. That was a dude that was a first-round talent. Give him a year off. Before that ACL. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Terry McLaurin. He wasn't the best of the Ohio State receivers, but he is a speedster that you're going to have to account for on the outside, especially if he develops. So I really liked Washington. I loved New England's first round pick mm. with Hakeem Butler. I thought that that was like, oh boy, that's that's deadly Once that again, they got him. Mm-hmm. On top of Demarius Thomas and Josh Gordon, who we talked about earlier before the draft, that yep. will probably come back in the month of December or January. And then you got this Hakeem Butler kid, and they just had a ton of draft picks. They were able to do what New England always does every year. Acquire picks. As long as Tom Brady's arm doesn't fall off, that team is poised for another deep run. Yeah, yeah. Let's move it over now to baseball. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. Because it's a very interesting part of the season. It's the first month is officially done. So let me our, give you your division leaders. are playing a little bit better than they were a month ago. Yeah. But not good enough. Because no. your division leaders right now from the east to west in the NL are the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers with the Padres and Diamondbacks as the wildcard teams. Mm. So no Cubs. In the AL from east to west, it is the Rays, the Twins, the Astros with the Yankees, and the Mariners as wildcard teams. Do you think the eventual World Series champion is among these teams right now? Oh, that's too hard to say. But I'll tell you this much. You've named several teams mm. that weren't supposed to be in the playoff picture and some of them will not be because it is um it's the beginning of the season like so i don't see the twins leading the, the central the nl the al central I, I don't have the twins leading that we all know damn well tampa isn't going to finish off it, it, it with the al east it's not a chance that they're going to be able to hold off when boston figures it out if uh, Chris L can get his arm right, they're starting to hit there. It's just Boston is kind of banged up, and they just it's, don't that, look a championship right. hangover, though. Yeah. That's one thing that That's happens sometimes when they, you go I deep. Make it. I, I, I mean, really, the, the AL uh, East isn't that strong. Isn't strong, strong. We're st- it's still top-heavy for the most part. Um, I don't think the Twins are going to be there. Uh, Philly, that, that I can I tell you this, I don't know how the uh, the NL East is going to uh, to play out. So that's one, that's a crapshoot I can't call. I don't think St. Louis is going to be there at the end. I think it's going to. I could be wrong. I think it's going to come to all three of those teams. Let me say that mm-hmm. the, the, the Brewers, the Cubs, and uh, uh, also the Cardinals. But I do, and I'll say this: I think those teams are going to jostle for number one in the division. I think I do think there'll be a time during the season where the Cubs are number one, uh, as far as in the uh, NL Central. Um, the Padres. That's an interesting one. Like when, when that that jumps out to me, and there's a chance looking at it now. If Col- it depends on if Colorado gets hot again, because we know Arizona 
basically said they're they're done. If Colorado gets hot again, I think they they'll overtake the pot. Excuse me, the Padres or the Dodgers? No, I'm saying because he was talking about the wild card. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, probably the only one I can definitely say is going to be at least in the AL. I think Tampa's going to come back to earth, and I think the Yankees are just that damn good. I mean, you're looking at the run differential. Tampa's at plus 27, but the Yankees at plus 37. So they're right there. They're, they're going to be right there. Uh, so that's going to be kind of a flip-flop with that. Maybe probably the Yankees probably going to take off again. They won like 101 games, 102 games, something like that, something crazy. Just have year. a lot of injuries, but Yeah, once they get back, they should be there. fine. The talent is there. Minnesota, and this is an interesting thing about Minnesota because they went to the playoffs the year before last, and then they had a bad season. That's when Cleveland uh, popped up, but maybe it was like two years ago. So I don't know if Minnesota's kind of right at their ship and they'll still be around. But right now they're scoring like crazy right now. We're looking at run differential. Uh, but Cleveland is still there. But the AL Central, I think don't, I think you'll probably win the, the, the division in probably like 90 games. I don't think it's going to be anything outstanding. Houston, I think is going to, I think Houston's going to take the AL West. I just think they're 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 that damn good. Uh, in the in the National League. I can still see the Dodgers doing it, and I'm not going to count out the Braves. I think the Braves can overtake Philadelphia. Um, the Central, I'm with Ken. It's going to it's going to be a jostle with the top three, and it's top three heavy. It was top three heavy last season. For the most part, probably I would say 75, maybe like more than half of the teams we're looking at right now, they're going to make the playoffs. Yes, they're going to make the playoffs. It's going to be a, maybe a wild card team here and there. It's kind of like, oh, okay, all right, they stuck it out. And it, and, it, and it was able to uh, stick it out and make it to the playoffs. Yeah, my thing is, where's Boston at? Are they coming back with all that talent that they have? Or is this hangover just too strong? It, to me, that opens up the Astros coming out of the AL. Mm-hmm. I think that they're mm-hmm. probably the next best team. Yankees, maybe, if they get healthy. But they they're not going to have Gregorius. They're, right. Who knows with the others? You, and, and you they know don't have judges the don't get hurt again. Right. right. And do they have the front line pitching? Because I know at least Houston, they got a couple really nice starters in the front with a solid bullpen and a ton of ammunition in their lineup. Looking on the NL side, the Dodgers are probably the most likely team. Yes. I don't Bellinger love them this year, it. though. I don't love their oh, pitching at all Bellinger. this year. Oh, yeah. Bellinger is killing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't love their pitching, though. I, I just don't love their front line. I don't love their bullpen. I think they're as vulnerable as they've been in this window that they've been in. So I would say probably I really like the NL Central. I think a team might come out of the NL Central to the World Series. Really? Yeah. Well, I think they're definitely. I think the wild card, I'm with you. Mm. There's the, probably the likeliest, the easiest place where I can see a wild card coming out is definitely. But we've all said that. It's the toughest yeah. division in baseball, it basically. So, wait, so who's the team? I'm really split on the three. I'm with you guys. Yelich, how long is he out for? If he's out for any time, long length of time, they don't mm-hmm. have any pitching. I think the Cardinals and the Cubs are more complete, and I would lean more Cubs, but that shaky bullpen doesn't leave much to desire. Mm. I'll just give them somewhat of a benefit of the doubt that they can go out and get an arm, and if they do get an arm, I think the bullpen is fine at that point. They're two games over 514 and 12 right now. The Cubs and St. Louis is 18 and 10. You can never count the Redbirds. And I think that they are going to charge hard for sure. Yeah. Moving over now to the hardwood. Uh, it was really important because we wanted to get this one and go home and try to finish it. Uh, so feels good to be up 3-1. So uh, we definitely don't want to be in the situation 
uh, like the Warriors two years ago. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding, man. I tried to say <laughs> No, I was kidding, but uh, no, we, we, <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted to be able to close it at home. We've uh, talked a lot about these eight teams or 16 teams left, but eight teams in each conference. But I don't know if we've talked about who is necessarily the teams that we don't look at as being at the top. Obviously, we know Golden State. We think Boston, Milwaukee. But let me ask you, who is the worst team in each conference that is remaining left of the playoff picture? Mm. Listen, these, these, conference, these conference semifinals are damn good. That's a good question, Ryan. That's a good question. I, uh, Philadelphia for me. I was going to say Philly. Philly in the East for me. And that's, man, that's a, that's a loaded team to say. But it's still, yeah. I don't think there's cohesion in that team. So it, clearly, yeah. I'll say this uh, Denver's starting to show me some of the things I wonder because Denver's not battle tested. And I, I always wonder with teams that the the, the 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 ball is spread around well, will they be able to find a closer? And Jamal Murray is stepping up in a lot of cases. And, of course, Joker is doing his thing. Um, so it would have been them. And then, listen, it's recency bias, but seeing that Portland beat OKC and how they beat OKC, knowing that the last two years they've been getting knocked out in the first, mm-hmm. I can't. So I'm going with D. Looking at the fact that I just don't think there's cohesion with the 76ers, and when we're saying they're not trashed, they're a top. If we're putting both conferences together, clearly they're top seven. Well, I guess they're top eight if I'm looking at this, if I'm doing it right. But yeah, they would be the team, I would have to say, the 76ers, and they're not trashed. It's just, there's it, a lot of good teams in this playoffs right now. I mean, looking at Milwaukee, and Ken thinks that they're done against Boston, that's the team probably with the. L- I guess you want to say between at least in the East, Milwaukee and Philadelphia has the least amount of experience when it comes to um, the playoffs. But at least Milwaukee has the best record. Yeah, in the Milwaukee league. has the best best record and the best player in the East. Yes. That, that means a lot. Uh, but no, I would definitely go Philadelphia in the East. In the West, that's where it's hard because I know everybody's kind of just banking on the fact that Golden State is going to do what they're going to do. They're going to go to State and Houston is already kind of seeing at least, you know, saying so we kicked off the show talking about how they put the calls and things of that nature. Portland and Denver, it it intrigues me because we don't, especially in the Midwest, and and these are two smaller market teams, they don't get a lot of pub the way they should get a lot of pub. You know what I'm saying? They're they're small market teams and they're they're out west. You look at Joker and he's finally starting to get his due, but you look at Denver overall, it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe they're like a try-hard team and they have a guy who is very athletic. Athletic, very skilled player, a big guy is a very skilled player. And you look at Portland, you got CJ and Dame Dolly in the back in the backcourt. Ken, you said earlier we were talking to Sean. Maybe they thought they had to break up that backcourt to try to do something. They still do. But they but yeah, the third seed once again. So it's kind of So I, how I, long are you gonna get to just be the third seed? But I mean, if if I would say this much, if Golden State wasn't as juggernaut of a team, you look at someone like a Denver like you know, maybe they can sneak into the NBA Finals. Man, they just going against Boston. Wax. I'm not. I'm ass. not saying they'll win. I'm yeah. not saying they'll win. I'm just saying coming out of the West, if you didn't have this juggernaut, this dynasty in front of you. Yeah, Houston. Those, let's say won the series, and we knew that right. Yeah, now. Denver would definitely have a shot to beat them. Or Portland would definitely have a shot to beat Houston. You know what I'm saying? They're not world beaters. They just have a a, a dynasty in front of you. So I'm looking at those two teams, and I'm very I'm very intrigued by them. But out of the out of out of all of them, yeah, man, Philadelphia, they just 
they 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 worry me. Yeah, I think I'll have to go Philadelphia on the East. It is close. I feel like Milwaukee and Boston have established themselves as above Toronto and Philly. Mm-hmm. But man, I thought Toronto was going to get the first two. And the way that Philly came back in game two, I don't necessarily think they're going to win the series, but I'm giving them a lot more chance okay. than I originally had. Okay. But I, I will have to go with, I think, Philly as the worst in the East. I think out West, you got to go just with Portland due to the Nurkic injury. injury. If he was there, I would take them over Denver. But watching that game, if CJ and Dame don't do everything, they have no size to yeah. combat Denver at all down low He's in the paint. step up now. I mean, if Jokic plays consistently like he did in game one throughout the series, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. There's no way that Portland is going to be able to beat them. So I'll go with Portland, but it's uh, I'm kind of with you, D. It's shaky to me because I think that those three, Portland, Houston, Denver, they're all kind of similar. Maybe Portland's the worst out of those three, but mm-hmm. they're pretty dang close. Yeah, yeah. He said dang. <laughs> dang. Dang. This is a family show. <laughs> We do that on the flip on Saturdays. There we go. Language. At long last, is lasting a little long, boys. Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said language. Last question for you guys, and this has to go with uh, little pop culture entertainment. Okay. Now that Endgame has ended and the 10-year adventure of that phase of the MCU has concluded... What do you think the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe should be moving forward? Ooh, I would love it. All Galactus. All Galactus. <laughs> I would love to see if they had snuck and did something illegal they weren't supposed to do and start writing for Fantastic Four and X-Men. I would love if that was the next phase. I would love to see if they start kind of melding, kind of like really melding those those properties into the MCU. I don't think that's going to happen because, like I said before, they couldn't legally touch anything with those uh, properties because they were still owned by Fox, but now they own all, all the properties back. Uh, I would love it to go that way. What I expect to go that way, I don't know because of the ending of Endgame. You have time travel. They're five years ahead. I don't know. I, the one maybe they'll be able will they to stay five years ahead. Well, this is the thing. I think they will, but a lot of the movies it's going to go back. You already know Black Widow is going to be a prequel. I think. Um, I think um, it was announced that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe possibly as Guardians of the Galaxy, that's going to start filming next year. You still have Spider Man. Uh, and you kind of don't know what else is happening. Now, Kevin Feige said that he was going to drop more of what they're going to do at the end game. So next couple of weeks, we'll probably find out more. I but thought we I, find out the next railroad movies after Far From Home. That's when they show us the next film. Oh, I thought it was going to be at the end game. Okay, all right. So maybe after Far From Home. So that comes out in a couple of months, though, right? So it's not that far away. Um, but, um, but I don't know. With this time travel... I don't know I don't because if five, five years ahead, I don't know. I don't think that all the books will stay five years ahead. What I've heard and what makes sense, it seems like if they do another Avengers movie, it'll be in 20, 23, four years from now. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't, I mean, I don't think there's a need to keep. See, another thing again, I don't know. It's interesting with time travel. I can, I guess I, to your point, 
um, what they can do. But there's no reason to start every movie in the future. You know, like, no, no. Now they have this gap that they can work with. Yeah. Now they have this five year gap to say. But see, the problem is this though: if they go with continuality during this five year gap. Anything new they introduce, they're going to introduce it with the world is halved. Like, yeah, that plot. But see, I don't. Yeah, I, I, it's I'm sure they'll mention it, but I bet you they won't be play be true to it. I'm sure they'll mention it in reference, but they won't really be true necessarily to that to that fact. I would well, say. we like I said before, the one thing we know that's going to be within this five year gap and is going to be laid out soon is going to be the prequel to Black Widow. So that's one movie check that you don't have to worry about dealing with the five year gap. We already know that Spider-Man, and it, it it takes place after that. So right can after. you have right after? So you have that. Everything in between, I don't know because if anything for Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three, it's going to be they they're searching for Gamora. So that's going to have to be five years in front of it. So what other two properties are they going to do? It's I don't know. Something new. That's when we're going to start probably seeing. Oh, the Eternals. They have the Eternals coming out. I think Angelina Jolie is tied to that. So we can, and that's not. That's that not, wasn't that, taking place on that's Earth. That's like at the beginning, too. Yes. Yes, yes it is. So, so that's somewhat of a prequel. You have that. Uh, I, you haven't heard anything about Black... Which is also Black- set up Galactus, clearly. That, too. Mm-hmm. That, too. Uh, but, yeah, we don't know anything about a Black Panther 2. We don't know anything about a Captain Marvel 2. We don't know anything about the Doctor Strange 2. I think that's kind of like set up. And they were gone. So yeah. it kind of opens it up now to my point. We were talking about I was talking about with Tony Stark dying in the movie. Mm-hmm. You have a you have so many properties that you've been able to flip B and C style B graded characters into these A players. They filling themselves right now. Marvel's filling those oats. They're able to flip these characters and make these characters. Who the hell know about the internals? Unless you're not comic book geek, you don't know anything about it. So now you have all these other properties that they can kind of feeding into and get into pop culture because now the bigger guys they're out the way so maybe you see some properties that we don't know like Kim said really like what you guys are saying by the way didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about Endgame you're so right Kim with that Pepper Potts Iron Man thing I hated that hated that by the way so I hope that they don't do anything hokey and ridiculous with some of this stuff like bringing back Iron Man and trying to repackage everything well, you have, Iron, like you have Ironheart. You have. But then the question yeah. is, if they're going to be real Ironheart, is this Ironheart the little black, smart, and genius, or is this going to be Tony Stark's daughter? No, that's a question. But she's five years old. I think it would have to go Riri Williams because you look at what they did with Captain America. Falcon is Captain America. That's a lot heart. of black. Hey, well, let's see what they do. It's a lot of they black. Said they want oh, diversity. Oh, oh, I, I forgot to mention, they do have the Shane. The Asian-based, uh, oh, Asian-based yeah. character, they have a movie coming out for him, so yes. we don't know if he was a part of a snap. So that's coming out. So that's another, that's another uh, a property they they're working on. Another, another character is like, who the hell is that? So yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying about X Men. I'd love to see X Men more involved. I'm really excited for the possibility of Thor and the Guardians. I think mm-hmm. that would be great. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a larger picture, I think it would be great if they worked on X Men as part of their oh, next phase. Yeah, you getting it, but we just don't know out. They don't know. But I want like yeah. you still got days. Of, you still got Dark Phoenix coming out in a, in a few months. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a few months, but it's coming out this year. So what are they going to do with that? I, was, just I wonder do if what that movie was going to come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if Sansa, the actress who plays Sansa, if she wasn't Jean Grey, with that movie, would they have done Dark Phoenix when they, when everything was wrapping up? Because I mean, her star power is a reason. Uh-huh. 
take advantage of it. Well, this is the last one, and obviously that's going to get all recast, and they're going to kind of meld them back into it. Uh, I don't know how they're going to introduce that. Do you know another thing, though? Thinking about it, too? And I hope it'll be bad. They go all universe type of stuff, but what they can do is set some of this stuff off planet. Like, because the question that we asked, where are the X Men when all this stuff was going on anyway? See, I thought that was going to be some kind of way they kind of bring them in through but through they Thanos. Could have been, Thanos. But, but maybe the X Men are here. What is it? Maybe they're with. I mean, it depends on if they do. Of course, they'll do an X Men origin story. But yeah. what if during this part, the X Men were somewhere uh, fighting with the Shi'ar or something of that that type of thing? And plus, we know with this time heist thing that there's alternate realities and all this stuff. Why can't there be another cinematic universe <laughs> where X Men live Lives. separately and then they combine somehow with the time heist? True. Thing? See, that's the problem with all this time heist stuff. Yeah. That, listen, time travel it throws a lot of things off. And it's thrown a lot of these predictions or what people want to see when it comes to Marvel uh, with the MCU. They may as well just say, hey, Doctor Strange, use the time zone and bring everybody back from five years. Put them back back there. And that way we'll be like, hey, I'm in my right age for the right year. And just whatever. Time, 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 time. If they did that, that means that what they're doing then is not working. It would be kind of like we need to fix this. And we will fix it with the time. with time with Doctor Strange, but they listen, man. They winning. They winning right now. And they're feeling themselves. So let's see how what many happens. in the top ten? Huh? How many in the top ten? How many who in the top Marvel 10? box movies. office? Did you say five? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, thanks for up for grabs, Ryan. That was pretty cool. Uh, hey, we'll come on back. Wrap this uh, show up with a little bit of Thrones talk. Dean Davis show. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. D and Davis Show, last segment of the show. Um, it's another epic, epic, epic nerd, Greek, uh, geek, pop culture event that happened uh, this past Sunday. Game of Thrones, episode three, Battle of Winterfell. Now, I kicked this one off. I liked it a lot. I'm I am a Game of Thrones fan. I'm I'm not a casual, I'm more of a casual fan, but I'm not like a diehard fan. I can watch it, but if you ask me what happened in season two, episode five, I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Who is that? I have to ask a lot of people, like, what's that name again? Who's that, who's that person name? What's that person name again? Uh but I liked it though. Um it was it was I think it was said the longest battle scene uh ever shot for a movie or television show. I believe it, I believe I read it said it they took fifty five days to shoot this one episode. Fifty five days. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm don't think I'm mistaken about that. Um, just to kick it off, man, how they was uh the dark dark say the word for me say the name for me dark darkies dark yeah dark yes. darkies. there you go how they was on the horses or whatever like that and the blacks this, the blacks yes and the, already people no, no, hated no, no, no. their asses in the north <laughs> yes. Um, but then the uh, the witch lady. See, I can't remember any names. Say the name. There you go. She came in and lit the lit the night the, the swords on fire. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. All right. All that right. was a throwback to the the warrior, the favorite warrior from the past. Okay, but that that was really cool. Kicks it off. They oh yeah, this is spoiler. So there you go. Then they charge into the night. Charge into the the battle against the the White Walkers and. All that flame just went out. Of, just went out. Like, what's what's going on? What's that? Why? What? Why is it so dark? And then you hear, 
One damn horse come back like, oh no! What did you think was going on? You no, didn't no, think I they did. was getting the asses kicked. I did, okay. but I was like, damn! I didn't expect to see a Dude. few, a few, a few made it back though. Dude. A few made Dude. it back. When they, that's kicking off the show. When they ran up there, the greatest thing, and I, I will say this, and I know one of the things you're going to talk about is the darkness. Yes. Talking to one of my coworkers. Yes. About it and their complaints about it was too dark. I can't see those complaints, but also I get the fact that the. the the darkness was a weapon in this. And also, to be honest with you, it's not like they were streetlights in medieval times either. And I the, know remember, it's the not, moon, remember the moon is totally blocked out because he started that storm. But this is the thing, though. Yeah. I'm a I'm watching this for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think like I'm out there about to fight the White Walkers. But the point what I was going to make. Can you make it a little bit lighter for it? And which is a, it's, it's not a bad point. I'm trying to watch a TV show. But when the Dothraki are, when they finally get to where, and they show from the scene, from the distance they show, and that's why they lit the Dothraki sword so we can see the battle yes. in the darkness. But when they get to the White Walkers, and the fir- and like, and of course it's so dark, they can't see it till they're up on it. Yes. And the first thing is a giant. That, I mean, And the Dothraki have the huge testicles. They've been running around the whole they're show brave. like, man, I didn't break a sweat on this fight. That's how they fight no man. These are punks. Right. And to have something like that on that ass was like, oh, snap. It's real. It's real. Re- when they started running back, if that first horse came back, oh, like, yeah. then a few of them kind of trickled in. And who was the, the guy that was kind of like the general out there? What was, what uh, was Mormont. Uh, yeah. Gerard Mormont. Yeah. yeah. And he came back. He, he had a look on his face like, man. And he knew he was shaked up too. Man. He was riding like they stabbed me about five times out there. <laughs> Everybody got shanked about fifteen times. Up in <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a lot of juking going real on. Real jailhouse out there. I, and he came roll back. And I, I saw his face. Dothraki first comes up, and then like you just see him for that flash. Like whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah it was crazy. So kicking off the show that that was great. And then man, it just led into one hell of a battle. Uh, I know one of the biggest complaints a lot of people are saying like, listen, enough people didn't die. I think a lot of people people thought, we cared about. People we cared about. Yes. I think a lot of people thought like, man, listen, I, it's going to be, it's, it's going down. This is the battle. But as I always say, this is Hollywood. You have to go to the next episode. You need the stars to have people keep on watching. Now, you you have the fans that are there. They're there. They're going to be there. Like the Marvel fans, they're going to be there. But for somebody who's casually watching it, it's kind of like, man, what the, I expected a few heads to start rolling. Yeah. I expected another red wedding in this episode. Was a red wedding the last episode of a season or was kind of like in the middle? It was in the middle. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been expecting that. Like, man, listen, if, if George R.R. Martin had his hands on the script, man, it would have been like, you dead, you dead. Oh, shorty, oh, you think you cool? No, you dead. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people are expecting that. So, like I said before, I think it was very Hollywood of him because they got to go to the next episode. As Ken already alluded, my biggest gripe with it, it was too dark of an episode. And I, if, for this series, my one complaint, and it's not a lot of them, besides all the damn names. <laughs> yeah, those damn names always getting away. They getting in my way. Stupid like, characters. Like, who, who is that again? Is, I'm kind of with you. Who is I that know again? the names, but it, it usually takes me a second. It's a me. lot of them, right? It's a lot to digest, but to take in. This is a, this is a very compact show. I mean, it's, it's a lot. But the one gripe I will say about this, I have not liked the battles that's been at nighttime. I can't see what's going on. That's why I will always say Battle of the Bastards 
in the battle, I forgot the name of it when um, Danny came in Wait, on them the, dragons the, the, and she lit their ass whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, The battle where uh, Tyrion blew them up with the damn uh, the holy fire that was at night wasn't cold. Is that the one where Tyrion got his face? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was at it night. Was and that, great, was, that was cold. It was. I'm not saying that the battles yeah. wasn't nice because I think but last you can night say that one though. That yeah, one wasn't. It's a, it's a level to it, but some of them a little the, bit dark. I think this one, and, and I have no gripe. That's with my this. that's my only gripe be, about yeah, this. Yeah, you're it's valid. Yeah, um, but this one I think too. It was supposed to be dark. It was supposed to no, no. Like, yeah, I agree that's with you. like yeah, that's, they want to make now, you feel like you're listen, there. Not, yeah, they I don't pay that. me. So clearly the she could have lightened it up a little bit more if that's a complaint. That's just truth. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna be like some Marvel fans in here and act what? like, well, what? it's it's a it's a book movie. So clearly listen, I just blah, said, blah 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 blah. I just said the reason why blah, nobody blah, got nobody blah. I just said nobody was <laughs> off because blah, of Hollywood. It's a book movie. He was, it's a it's comic a t- book. It's a TV show. It's a book movie. Blah it's blah. A, it's Anything a TV they show. say works. It's a book movie. Um, so look, light that screen up. I thought it was a problem. This is one thing that you brought up. A, you brought up a point that I think is a knock on this. What's that? George R. Martin. Like my one of my biggest things is, and I know that reading stuff, they never wanted the Night King to talk. I'm not saying I expect him to give a soliloquy before he goes out. Oh yeah, I got complained about that too. But go ahead. I still, I I know they set up so Brand told us what his motives were. I still want to know from him his passion. Like something, and look, you didn't have to have him talk, but they could have given us a cutscene to his past that provide us with some image of, no, some image of love lost. Like, because we know from, like, clearly this guy was taken away from his family or whatever it was before. He was fighting the little, the, the, the No, they the took children. his ass. They, yeah, they, they, but they used, we, we don't you know, use him for a weapon. Yeah. But I'm still saying, for instance, we we don't know how he broke free of the children, as far as if he was a weapon. How did the weapon break free of his controllers? We still don't know his lust or his his loathing of the his creator, the children. And even though he wanted to create the Forever Night and erase memories, so that basically when you take out Google, nobody could uh, be able to search up or remember anything. But st- I still wanted to know. Was it personal to him or is it since they kind of set it up that he's deaf in a way? Was it just deaf doing what deaf is doing? Kind of like Thanos. Like he just yeah, feels good, like. Great point. You knew like they, they showed us and getting back to. You the don't know his motive. Gamora part of Thanos. The Gamora part of Thanos showed us that Thanos loved Gamora, but he still was driven by his goal. Yeah. Sort of like how Danny is. Yeah. Good point. And I just would have wanted to to know, and you didn't have to break the character as far as the night the night king doing it, but it would have been good. You could to just give me a little bit more of an explanation. But the point I was going to make when the books, when George R. R. Martin gets to finishing this book, he's going to, if. he will. It's called money. When he gets, he's an like, older gentleman. It, it's called, dude. If you don't think them, the the, the 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 outline for them joints is already somewhere like old Prince songs. Well, it's supposed to be two, and now it's going to be one. I still think where he's going to give us a, de- a more detailed look at some of these parts, oh, and also he he's, has to separate them anyway because if you already know that everything is verbatim, basically, what's the point? So, but that to to the point of when yeah. you just made that 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 I'm kind of actually looking forward. To his view on how things went. But even with what you want, there, like I said before, this is a TV show. This is Hollywood, everybody. You're going to get all that in a prequel. 
No, we don't. Yeah. No, we definitely don't know. It's it, going to go back to where it first started. He was. He was. It's it, not necessarily going to go back to like we. There still isn't a legit time timeline. Stamp, yeah, on that. So we can't. I, mean, I, I do think they're going to play in part of it. I, I think said, yeah, definitely. But I don't know that. if. See, I, also, I wonder if how they're going to keep keep the tenet, the connectivity of it. I wonder. Like, do they want this to? Even though it's a spinoff, but uh, do they still want it to be the 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 the, the, con, the direct connection to the story of the? Again, I could I could be wrong. Well, one guy that Brian Cogman, who's run, who's wrote a bunch of episodes, his failed. He's not yeah. gonna get his spinoff. And his what was spin-off his spinoff was set it was sometime. Right this. Yeah, it was like right a prequel this. Oh, to yeah. this. Okay, yeah, it was right okay. before his is canceled. He's le- he's leaving. Uh, okay. Um, but no, I th- I think we definitely I think the reason why you didn't see uh, the Night King talk uh, everything like that I think they're going to kind of loop that th- loop it back into the prequel because I think a lot of people have the same feelings that you have like man I wish I w- I didn't know his motive besides the simple fact of you know the winter is coming but to this point bringing up the Night King this is why I said that I liked the battle in Endgame better because I saw the big boss fight I was looking forward. To seeing the night the uh, the night king fight, he he did something like I always say this. I'm a dirty fighter. There's no such thing as a fair fight in my eyes. I do anything. I don't care. It's a fight. I would have probably done the same thing he did. So Jon Snow running up on me, it's like what? hold hold on hold on player hold on let me. All right, you deal with them. I gotta go. I probably would have did the same thing. But I want I wanted to really see him engage. Not saying that the person who he was going to fight was going to win, but I would have loved to see him engage. But Arya did the most G. The ending of that was it was almost on the level of how I felt at the end of Infinity War. I had no idea that was going to get dusted. Didn't see that at all. I set up like, whoa, that. Little trick with the knife and the juke them in the stomach from Arya. I let out what uh, she did to Berean when she first got to the castle. Yes, I let out WTF. I'm like, whoa! I didn't see that coming. But this is the thing, though. Mm -hmm. The reason why I didn't see that coming, and we talked about this uh, yesterday. I thought that they was probably going to kill the Night King, maybe episode five, episode no, six. I always knew that. I thought that, I didn't think you they was going to do it in episode three. I thought the politics. Mm-hmm. He was going to be dead. Like it would. I even think if it would have been the next episode, nah. and it could have extended some more. And I was. I, that's a, that was one of my, my one of my reasons. My WTF was like, whoa, that was so cool. It's like, well, damn that. What's next? You gotta have a hell of a scripts. These better be some hell of a shows coming up next. If you took out the Night King in episode three. So that was my only critique of it, I would say, Ken. So the thing is this. I didn't need to see the Night King fighting, even though I'm not saying that that's a bad idea mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. But because we already know he's the baddest MF out there. So seeing, like, John was not going to go be able to go head up and beat the Night King. Like, the Night King is out here slaying dragons on, on turf. Yeah. Right? Like, you, he's not, this dude is that badass. It wasn't going to happen. Listen, the dragon fight didn't even stop him. Yeah, so, um, so, so that was the WCW. Yeah, like that, exactly. So yeah. what's, I mean, again, now Giant has a chance because of the sword, but he's not going to defeat the Night King. So for them to sit there and set it up where where it was Arya, and this is another point too. 
Why do we think Arya went to ninja school all that time? Like that'd be a, a waste of her going down there if you she didn't use those abilities that she gained. If Quiet feet. The most invincible person <laughs> in, in the in the in the whole world. You need someone who can slip through and get to that person. And then the the, the brashness of her doing it and the arrogance of the White Walkers because his security was lax. But the type of stuff they do, who expects somebody to run up in there? Right. right? They're like, man, we did another one, man. Yeah, the victory, they pop <laughs> champagne and whatever. And so to see, to see, and I, I watched the scene again last night after me and uh, after D dropped me off. Um, and I watched the scene where the Night King, first of all, this is one thing that's so funny to me. Bran is so effing disrespectful, right? Bran sits there after Theon dies trying to defend him. You said good job. No, I'm not dissing another point. Bran sits there, watches the silly ass Theon who kicked a lot of tail, but that head rush straight at the Night King was the dumbest move ever, right? <laughs> Bro, you got to switch it up right before you get there, right? But he saw the Night King do that. He's looking at Theon dies, and after the Night King kills Theon, Bran looks down and does not look back up to the Night King till he gets right by his wheelchair. Listen, if <laughs> look, if because just think about that. Like somebody's coming to murder you, right? And you disrespectfully like, I ain't even gonna look at your ass, right? He doesn't I, if I was the Night King, I'd be so pissed, like, MF are you look at me right now, right? So he gets there and then wastes his stance right next to him, then looks back up at his ass, like, yeah, and <laughs> 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 so looking at that scene. I know what's about to happen. Yeah. You don't yeah, so looking at that scene, and actually the same place where he gave Arya the, the, the Valyrian the dagger mm -hmm. that uh, Littlefinger had given him ran. Uh, but sitting there and Stop seeing, right quick. Uh -huh. When did Littlefinger give him that night? When he was like, he, when he was trying to coax him into being like, he was trying to put the season there like, you're Lord of Winterfell. Like he was trying to break up John and Arya and Brumbrand had gotten there. So what season was this? This was... This was last year. Yeah. This is last this year. Is right before, was, this is before oh. Littlefinger got killed. Yeah. Oh. This is before Littlefinger got killed. So okay, this is when okay, Bran okay. makes it back. Okay. This is okay. this is either the, the episode Bran makes it back to the castle or the next episode. Okay. Okay. But he goes to Bran and he now starts. I remember. And he's like, you're Lord of Winterfell. And he's like, no, I'm not Lord of Winterfell. So then and he gave him, he was like, here, take this. And, you know, and it, it's the blade that was supposed to use it to kill him. That was what the blade was. That was the blade, the blade was that an assassin was supposed to go kill Bran with. Yes. So he gave him that blade. Okay. So to look at that scene again, and I'm like, all right, it's closed. Because they show uh, the Night King looking down at Bran. And then they show Bran. And then when I was like, they got to widen that. So when it came back, it was widened. <laughs> and then you see Arya pulling the jump man out the back in slow mo. No, no. First, he, first he, he's she, got, she got by his guy. By, got, got by his but, guy. Why, why, and, his, and his head just kind of moved. I'm like. It's windy out there. Yeah, it's perm. He's like, he was like, man, my, my butt is just flowing out here. Who, who, who is that? Who is that on my neck? Who is this battle? <laughs> we won, baby. Oh, oh man, I put up a little bit of sweat. But the, the, like you just said, yeah, so as she's going through, like, yeah. it sneaks in. The question, it'd be great to know if she used a face or not, or she just went in there how she ever she went in there but to see her in jump man pose in the back like I'm about to did he turn around quick like huh, little got <laughs> 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 like, you you thought you thought you was gonna pull that on me huh? I'm the night king and Shotty hit him with the mic going left move yeah like, she did and look the thing was hit it with the upper under look if someone did that move to you it'd catch you 
For real. If, if it's done right, like if you grab somebody and they holding the knife and then they drop the knife, your first reaction isn't they about to grab the pick, then catch right. the knife with their other hand. All right? Like it's, it will probably, like you will watch the knife. Think about it. You probably, if anything, watch the knife go down and then, oh, snap. You caught <laughs> 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 me. You got me. So, so this is the thing, too. So um, watching it, and, the, and, the, and I, I knew, I always said at the beginning of the year, well, the Night King isn't going to die at the end of this because they have to set up who won the throne and how it went. Be- that's just how but it wasn't is. Wasn't he going for the throne, or he just wanted to tear everybody never, out? But he was never. That would be so anticlimactic. He didn't want anything I, living. Yeah, no. But see, because it's okay, a problem. See, this is this it's, is why I'm not like a massive fan. A, I didn't notice. I thought he was going for the throne too. No, nah, he just wanted to take over. He didn't oh, he, care about that throne. He just wanted to kill people. He just want. He wants. He wanted Thanos. He, he wanted, wanted the forever. He wanted, yeah, he wanted the forever okay. night. Okay. All right. So. All right, all right. The thing is, they it, it's all about Game of Thrones and it's all about the politics, and it had yes. to get back. Yes, this is a bittersweet story. A bittersweet story. I was saying, excuse me, to you last night. Remember when um, the bastard Bolton? He said that he was like, "You think this is going to end well? Have you basically have you been paying attention to this? If you think that this is going to end well, it's going to be a bittersweet ending. I, I agree with you. More people should have died. This thing is not going to end like happy go lucky. Everyone, not even everyone makes it, but your favorite couple makes it to the end and they rule the king. That's not going to happen at the end of this. Um, so I knew the, the Night King was dying this episode when everyone was him. To f- sorry." <laughs> So I'm like, because at the one point it's like, wait, oh no. It wasn't like it was like, hey, we got this alley back here that we can all run out. At least two of your favorite characters. It was like, oh, they about to kill him because there's no way out of this. I didn't see right? I, did, like, I did not take that at, like that at all. No, I did too. I was like, did we have to kill him now or it's over? I thought the episode was going to go off. It's no, it was no, but it's still, they were still, the point, but. The, I thought it was going to be like, in part two. Not the, the point, in part, yeah. The point that I felt was clearly he wasn't leaving Winterfell. Mm-mm. Because no one escapes. Like, they were all ready to die. And as soon as he rolls up those other, we're, they, we're all white red watching this whole thing. Like, when he going to raise the dead? Like, real, when he, he going to raise did. the dead? I know, I know. But when he going to raise the dead? Because we want to know how they going to get out of the caskets. When he going to raise the dead? When he going to raise the dead? But that that's what hit me when I was like, oh, they're too effed up. They get He's going down. He's going down this episode. I yeah, did. I thought the same thing. I, when I saw him on his dragon, like, flying down, and maybe it was after they tried to light his, you know what, up. Mm-hmm. I, I knew he's going to have to die at this episode. And looking back mm. at it, mm. I don't actually have a problem with the dark thing at all. Because really? I loved how they set a tone of like really creepy mm. and really scary. Yeah. And darkness some, played yeah. a factor in that. I'm so I had no there. problem I'm with that. I'm not there in Westeros. Well, no, not Westeros, uh, Winterfell. I want to see it. But see, my problem was see, when we talked about this before last week with that question, everyone's like, oh, Game of Thrones, they have no limits. They're unrated, they can do whatever. So it's going to be better. And I was disappointed by the fact that, what, 30 people lived? It was mostly women and children and all the main faces. And everybody else is dead. Yeah. People keep thinking. I was talking to somebody. A lot of C players are going now. And I don't like that. I, I needed to see an A player go, at least, if you're going to kill everybody. At least, Listen, if, if like 100 people lived. I, I thought Jamie and what's the tall? Brian. Brian. I thought they were gone. See, this is this is why I looked at this episode but completely Jamie, you knew different Jamie, from you But see, we know Jamie's not going to die because Jamie has to see Cersei again. Yep. 
So Jamie, Brienne, we and we know the Hound has to fight the Mountain. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So some oh, of these characters, the we can, I'll tell you this. And he crying in the corner. I'll tell you this, but <laughs> see, <laughs> but see, but it was cold what snapped him because that was the same thing that happened at the bottom, the the, the the black whatever battle that Tyrion had did that when he the fire. Remember his brother burnt yeah, yeah. his face. He's always had a thing with so fire. He has, he's afraid of fire because his brother burnt his face as a kid. Yeah. So um, when he did that, it was dope that what snapped him out of it was Arya. For him to be as scared as he was, but when he saw Arya was in danger, they took off. Him and Beric took off to go save her. And then Beric, I wish Beric would have held on to oh. a sword. Okay, I'm sorry. It was a battle of uh, Blackwater. That's okay, the one yeah, about. Blackwater. Yeah. I'm, 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 I wish Beric had saved his sword just a little longer. Uh, but how he blocked that hallway, even though I was like, why y'all just don't run around him on the sides? <laughs> he blocked that hallway. <laughs> was like, get a few stabs in. For you to, I'll say this, what was excellent. A long battle like that, you definitely have to break up. And, of course, it was supposed to be like Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings, which video game-wise was terrific. I mean, not to say the, the movie wasn't, but playing that Lord of the Rings video game, oh, that was so that was epic. epic. I didn't play it was so game. hard to get past yeah. there. Be like, oh, I just— oh, I you got like 10 million things you got to do. Oh. Look, the time I beat it, I died, but I had beaten it, <gasps> so they let me ki- continue to go. Like I just killed whoever killed the last person, and then I was like, "Did I die?" And I was, I was with Afton, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, I'm like, and she was playing it with me. This was one of our favorite games ever. But um, still, the best part about them and how they cut it up with with Arya and the suspense, like they they you you had this big battle going on, but then you had different elements inside of it where it just wasn't about. <gasps> And all this, it was, it was just the quiet moment of her getting around, trying to getting around the, the whites and everything like that. It was, it could have been better. That's one thing. I'm by no means am I saying this couldn't have been better. Mm. But this was, this was, this was the best. Clearly, the best episode of the season. Yep. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Clearly, the best episode. I of mean, the season. we talked about pre-show. Like, it's just not the same Game of Thrones that it was at the end of season six. Nope. It just is different. It's, different, it's got yeah. a different feel. It's got more Hollywood to it. I've heard that from multiple people. It's Hollywood, man. That's why it wasn't quite what it could have been. If this was Game of Thrones season six, oh man, that battle would have been even that much more mm-hmm. off the chain. Yeah. But even though it was still a solid battle, it sets up everything for all these players to die later on. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. with these two episodes of setup before still the got big the Golden battle. Company. She has 20,000, not just her soldiers, 20,000 elite troops. Yeah. And the thing is, they killed everybody that's, that Daenerys had that was a badass. Thraki's done. Every, I mean, her you got like done. four unsullied guys with no penises Maybe. left. How many... Uh, before we, I, want to, I want to talk about the blacks there in Winterfell. How, the that racism. Road, that racist, racist <laughs> backwood save, Ala, Alabama town Winterfell. I ain't saving none of y'all. Uh, <laughs> close the gates. Put the black ones out there. Uh-huh. They, they're, they're protectors. No, this is what I wanted to ask. How, which one of... Uh, both the dragons dead? Huh. So both of both of the dragons are John and Daenerys riding. They 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 cool. Yeah. Okay. Most what? likely. Yeah. We just don't see John. Remember John? John's the one that John was riding. Maybe dead, but yeah. he didn't come back when the dead was risen. Yeah. Back to life. So he there's died. no reason to assume that. So maybe he's just dead. banged up a little bit. So up. the one that came back at the end, it kind of hugged. That was Daenerys. That was hers. Yeah. yeah. That was hers. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I mean, like I said, man, I thought it was, the same thing because I was. Yeah. Is that dragon dead? Because they made it seem like he's dead, but he didn't rise up didn't with the was, others. I didn't think he was dead. He was just banged. He was beaten up. Got that slice. I didn't think he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. It was a great episode. Uh, I think. Our, the, I think the ending is what really sowed it. No one. Oh, 
the pool that I I think I told you about that pool. The, I actually predicted Ari was going to kill the night uh, Night King. I don't know where I pulled that out of. Yeah, but especially I, I since you're the guy that was like, I wanted to see John do it, <laughs> and you were shocked that Who Ari did it. You just said I want to see. I wanted John to run up on him. I want to see. No, him no, fight. no, not kill him. Fight him. I just want to see him. You want to see John die? I want to see John die. We well, gonna die anyway. He already been dead once. Uh, do it again. Uh, I think that end is what sold it. Uh, I think that's what kind of sent Twitter like in a in a in a uh, uh, a tizzy. All the sports memes and everything. You got the crying face on uh, Night King. You have um, Arya's face on uh, Damian Lillard. Oh, man. Did you hear about how all the ladies are loving the Night King now that they saw his social media? What? He's this, like, Australian horse rancher. Oh, the dude who actually yeah. plays him? Oh, And now everyone's go. falling in love with him on Twitter. Well, he's going to be in the prequel. When is the prequel starting? It's not for at least another year and a half. Okay. All right. They well, might have multiple prequels. It. Yeah, they're gonna have multiple. But I mean, oh, but it's really? also yeah. But I mean, I don't know if HBO is gonna have all of right. them. Where's it gonna go? Basically, there's five ideas that HBO is tabling for a potential spinoff, and they're choosing from the five. And I think one of them might be approved, and it's about a specific character. I forgot who it was. Hmm. Hey man, it's like I said about uh, the Walking Dead. I I do a musical on them. Keep making that money. Oh, they probably will. Oh my God! Listen, Walking. I mean, Game of Thrones that's is going to be here for a while. Yeah, that's their trademark, right yeah, there. Yeah, it's going to be here for a while. Listen, HBO. A lot of people uh, consider most of their shows the greatest of all time. They have about three of them, if you want to say. I I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, Game of Thrones, man. Episode three was great. Uh, episode four. Do we know the title for that one? Do we know what's what's going on? I mean, I, I I'm guess sure. it's, maybe out. I don't know the title. I, but this is just kind of like the recap of the battle and them heading to uh, King's Landing, right? Or if they go straight to King's Landing. It's still a question if uh, old girl that was with Bran, whose brother died, they kind of could go past where she lives on the way. Okay. but we've Because we've never seen her father, who was uh, Ned Stark's buddy, who saved Ned Stark's uh, ass at the Tower of Joy. I just want to see Cersei ask again, where my elephant's at? Where my elephant's at? He got here yet? No. My damn elephant's at. All right, hey man, uh, thanks for hopping on, or checking out, and hanging out with us right here, at D and Dave Show. Um, make sure you follow the Twitter handle and Instagram handle at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Gmail is D and Davis Show at gmail.com. Uh, you have iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, and a TuneIn app. We're also on Spotify at War on Anchor and also YouTube. So hey, listen, we're everywhere. We love your comments. Uh, like, uh, take your likes. Uh, share it, do all that good stuff, man. Uh, we're here to give you some good content and uh, maybe not always talk about sports, but kind of blend everything together. Yep. Um, definitely want to thank Eric at home for joining us. Always a great time, and Sean Devaney. We look forward to talking to them down the line. Next week, we're definitely going to continue our discussion with the NBA playoffs, probably get back into a little bit of MLB yeah. as the draft starts down. down. Unless we hear anything as, as far as uh, some breaking news on the players that were drafted or something, we definitely may be addressed that or whatever. But mm-hmm. still the same, Dean Davis. Uh, we're pro- we may have guests on Dean Davis to flip this weekend. Uh, so may- definitely stay tuned to that on your Monday. Uh, we definitely appreciate you, like Dee just said. And we uh, shout out again to Brie for having us uh, with the Swank event last night. It was yes, pretty yes. dope. Uh, just listen. Keep rocking with us. And don't do anything stupid before you hear us from us again. Uh, Game of Thrones, turn, turn the light up a little bit on episodes. Keep your hands to yourself.